weirdos and wonder lovers to your very next episode of Amalgam Files. Um, I am the boy wonderful Ian Wallace. I am joined by your friendly neighborhood Shelby Croto and the lovely Jordan Lynn Epperson. And um, this is the Amalgam Files, a podcast where we like to cover all type of topics, um, mostly concerning, um, you know, nerd or pop culture or, you know, weird and wonderful things. Um, most of the subjects that are taboo are, are really hard to talk about, and um, we like to give an informative, um, objective view and hopefully um, lead others to do the same if they um, decide to call in or leave a voicemail. Um, this show, we are going to be talking about cults. Um, cults all over the world, cults that are very familiar, um, cults that have brought national and worldwide attention to themselves, um, what we feel about them, um, the, the, the different degrees of separation as they are concerned. And yeah, welcome to the Amalga Files. Um, ladies, Shelby, welcome back. Thank you. I've missed recording with everyone. Yeah, it's been about it's been a couple weeks um, since we've had you on, Jordan. You're always here. Jordan is the yeah. amalgophile, steadfast I don't go rock. Anywhere. Yeah, she's the cornerstone. I'm, of, I'm pretty um, sure. I'm pretty sure most people think I don't sleep. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I don't either. <laughs> sleep is for the week. <laughs> right. We could we could sleep we could sleep past Judgment pretty, Day today we we, we got to do. I'm this. pretty sure Andy even said that to me. He was like, "You're always awake. Every, anytime I message you, you're awake." And I'm like, "Nah." And Andy is probably one of the more energetic uh, group members we have. <laughs> so oh, for yeah. him to say that is uh, <laughs> is definitely um, a compliment. So, um, Colts, ladies. Um, well, recap of the last show, real quick. I just want to talk about. Um, mysterious disappearances and um i had a really good time um going over some of the topics of last show so if you have not gotten a chance to listen in please um go on ahead and tu tune in um to the amalga files on um spotify uh itunes all over the world uh google music uh we're all over the world we're everywhere so give us a listen and check out uh, mysterious disappearances um questions Ladies, you know I got questions. I always you always questions. got questions. I always got questions, I, and they need answers. It's the point of having them, I, I think. Um, which cult the story? Of the show. Yeah, that is the purpose of this show. You are one hundred percent correct. Is to have questions and to have them answered in a place where nothing is taboo until it is taboo, which is almost never. Um, <laughs> um, which cult story? interested you the most and why that's my first question um which cult story or um that you heard of or by happenstance came into contact with um was the most interesting to you and why uh we will start with the lovely jordan lynn epperson um well i i mostly looked into two different ones and i had very different reactions to both of them um one was the heaven's gate cult and the other one was nexium yeah that was like five or six um, years ago with them uh, nexium right i believe the 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 leader was actually just sentenced uh to prison in 2019 
Oh, okay. So oh, no, I meant was, like, like they, they were uncovered and in the news real heavy, like around 2014, 2015. Yeah, and like 2016 up till now, it's been in the news. And it got a lot of publicity because Allison Mack, who some of you might remember from Smallville, she played um, Chloe, Chloe Sullivan on Smallville. She was actually one of the leaders of this cult and she was arrested. Mm. Um, and it was basically branded as you know empowering people and empowering women specifically but then they were branding women and selling them into sex slavery and sex trafficking and the so, um the leader was uh was um pretty wayward with how he treated them and using them for his own uh pleasures and well, desires and well, the thing was that it was actually created by by the guy who uh, got all of this jail time, but it was also created by a woman. Yeah, um, and her it, daughter. Yeah, wasn't it? Wasn't it Allison Mack and um the guy well, no, Kevin, no, no. whatever his name in, was, wasn't there? Wasn't the brand addition, part of their initials? In addition to Allison Mack. Um, it was a woman named uh, Nancy Salzman and her oh, wow. daughter Lauren, along with Keith uh, Rainier, mm. who Keith is the one that uh, gets most of the publicity. But yeah, and then they eventually brought in Allison Mack and um, Claire Bronfman, who is actually um, heiress to the Seagram's fortune. Oh, wow. So. They make great gin. And I found it and I found it kinda kinda scary because like there were so many people that were part of this learning environment. Cause that's that's part of what it was, was that they were having like learning seminars. Yeah. Uh, to help people I, better themselves and to get through trauma. Yeah. And reading what some of these people were saying that they were going in with as far as trauma. And that, you know, we're talking, these were like, some, some of these people were psychopaths. Say that again? That were going to these seminars. Some of the people were psychologists going to these seminars. Oh, yeah, big business. And like, yeah, yeah this really Actors, uh, film critics. Yeah, th their, their list and, of members brings on. And it was so scary to me reading about the fact that, like, these psychologists and psychiatrists who were joining this cult were like, yeah, you need to join this. This is really helping me through all of my trauma. So I know it's going to help my patients through their trauma. And I'm like, uh, that's, that's, that's scary that somebody who is a professional was recommending this and getting so many people tied into it. And I can totally see how these people could have fallen into this trap. Because I, I went into this and I was like, yeah, right, whatever, like, I'd ever join a cult other than, you know, organized religion, which the only difference between organized religion and a cult is generations of established uh, acceptance. But I, I went into this like, yeah, there's no way I'd join a cult. And I was reading this and I was like, oh, that's scary. I, I might have actually <laughs> Isn't it? Isn't cult. it? I, I'm glad you said that because um, that's part of the reason why the poll was fashioned the way that it was this week. Um, kind of a question of do you understand or do you not understand? Because I, I actually 
found myself going through some of these stories going, I could have been there. Yeah. Like I could have easily been there. Um, you know, mentally speaking from a mental standpoint, like I, I wasn't at Ruby Ridge, but I'm listening to some of these people's story and I'm like, how is this different from <laughs> a lot of things that I'm very used to? So I, I, I definitely relate to what you're saying there. Um, what was your, or was that the only, what was that the one that you found the most interesting? The, the Nexium um, one? The other one I looked at was Heaven's Gate and that one was one of the largest mass suicides. Um, and that's what I typically was thinking of when I was thinking of cults was like, you know, the people who, who drank the Kool-Aid and were just like, oh, I'm going to off myself so that my soul can jump on a rocket ship and I can become some higher being. Wow. And that's just a little too out there for me. Oh yeah, no, we're gonna um, get. Oh, we're gonna go off the rails with this one. I mean, not this p specific topic, but I mean this um this um seven circle. You said it was, or what it was it called? Heaven's Gate. Heaven's Gate. Um, we're we're not yeah. not this specific I mean, group, even, but we're gonna be going off the rails with some of the stuff that I've uncovered personally. It, it's it gets, I mean, it gets even, really weird. Even after the mass suicide, like they had people who weren't even part of the cult who heard about this mission after the, the suicide had been reported that then started killing themselves because they wanted to join in. Oh my God. Even though the cult had basically been disbanded because everyone was dead. But yeah, they were just like, oh yeah, we just wanted to join in and wrote notes saying, that, saying as much and killed themselves in similar fa uh, fashions to the cult. Oh my God. And he's um, where was that the only two that you found the most interesting? Yeah, those were my those were my big two. The okay. the typical one that I think of, and then the one that I was like, yeah, oh, that's totally scary. That, that could have been me. Yeah. <laughs> All right, friendly neighborhood Shelby Croto, go ahead, hit us with yours. What do you got? I mean, obviously, when I think of cult, the first thing that comes to my mind is the Manson family, just because like their act was so crazy and so public, I would say, that obviously it caught so much media attention. And the thing that is so crazy to me is that up until, like, uh, Charles Manson died, they, he pretty much had said, like, I didn't tell them to kill those people. Like, there's no blood on my hands. Like, he pretty much went down to the grave saying... I didn't tell them to do this, saying he had no part in this whatsoever. And then obviously, the people that took part in the murders, like, talked about, no, he brainwashed us, told us to do all this stuff, tried to make it into a race war type thing, thought he was, like, a manifestation of Jesus himself, and I, I just thought it was really fascinating. And, I mean, obviously, Manson has been depicted in so many movies and shows and stuff like i know there's a show called uh mind hunters on netflix where it's pretty much these guys interviewing famous serial killers and one of them is charles manson and it's crazy how the actor was able to be so spot on with some of his nuances it was like very eerie so i mean i definitely would say that one is like the first cult that comes to my mind 
But another one I thought was uh, really interesting is the Children of God. Uh, mm. So the reason I found them so interesting is because there's two huge actors that were a part of this cult when they were younger, which is uh, Joaquin Phoenix from the Joker movie and then uh, Rose McGowan. So I guess when they were around like three, four years old, their family were followers of the children of God. And obviously the children were kind of just roped into it, which I think is so crazy because a lot of the cults I was looking into, I noticed that usually the children are the ones getting the most harm. And obviously they had no say in being a part of this cult, which is just so mind blowing to me. Like families putting their children in these type of predicaments because obviously with the children of God, it was more sexual abuse where the Manson family, it was like, I'm trying to think of how to word it, where the Manson family was more so like they were willing, so to speak. Like they all like knew what they were doing, even though they were being uh, brainwashed, so to speak. But with the children of God, these children had, no say in it so pretty much how they roped these people into becoming a part of them is it essentially was a cult for runaways and hippies so they pretty much were just preaching free love and stuff like that to people that were on the streets and they thought oh well these people are giving food and shelter like i'm gonna be a part of this so i've definitely noticed that a lot of these cults fish towards people pretty much at their lowest points. Whether it's like they're homeless or just trying to find themselves, they find very vulnerable people that can be manipulated easily. So that, that's definitely something I found really interesting. And I mean, obviously there's still cults to this day. And I know me and Jordan had talked about uh, Anthony Padilla a little bit during uh the mythical monsters anthony padilla yeah, also yeah other kids <laughs> he uh he actually interviewed ex-cult members and it was people that were a part of cults and one of the members pretty much the cult he was a part of it was very sexual oriented so he said it was like a spiritual experience and it was very like female sexual empowerment and stuff like that but then he said it started getting a little a little weird, and that's when he was able to finally kind of, like, leave. So I, I'm definitely curious to see what other people say, or if they would be like, oh, yeah, I, I think I would join one, or just how that whole conversation would even go, especially nowadays. Hmm. See, it's... it's and, and, and again, like I said... Um, Fair warning to anyone, to all of our listeners, actually. Um, we are going to be getting into some very, very explicit content and talking about some very, very difficult um, subjects. And normally I am a, a, a very, uh, you know, I have very thick skin and I'm not, you know, I don't think every time a, 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 an extreme R-rated movie comes out, we should have trigger warnings. But I am officially issuing one um because of the, the the nature of the content of this um cast we are going to be talking about some strong um subject matter so um yeah 
it, I, I, it just, it's so eerie to hear some of the um, things that have gone on in some of these groups and things. So just be careful. And um, if, if you, you know, can and have a constitution to do so, listen in and um, we'll do the best we can to um, deliver the information in a responsible way. Um, thank you guys so much for sharing um, your your the one the stories that most interested you. Um, for me, it's a slam dunk, um, but it's kind of a catch twenty two, and I have to. Um, ugh, I kind of got to split my answer because the 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 most interesting uh, cult. Well, I, I'm doing my quote signs. I know you guys can't see this because it's a podcast, but I'm I'm figuratively doing my uh <laughs> co- my my quote signs. Uh, because they weren't a cult. Um, the Branch Davidians and what happened in Waco, Texas, um, is has always been one of the more interesting ones for me. Um, and um, to split it to say that it's really they weren't really a cult, and what happened there kind of happened, you know, happened the way that it did. And they were fashioned to be one after the fact. Um, so I guess if we're talking about cults in general, um, I would definitely have to go with. Um, side with Jordan on this one and, and go with Nexium as one of the more interesting ones. And it wasn't so much just because of the star-studded uh, people who were involved, but because of the normalcy and the way these people presented themselves and, and the way that they lured a lot of these women in. It was it was scary um, for me and um, interesting at the same time because it just it, it really just, you know, kind of uh, made me think about a lot of things. Like Jordan said, how uh, easily people I know and uh you know could have been involved in something like this and it's just really you know uh crazy that people can take advantage of other people this way so those would be my answers uh for the more cult versus the non-cult um my second question because you know I got more than one question there wouldn't be questions if it was just one so my second question is what are some of the warning signs that people may uh, be in a cult or be at risk of being a cult? Like at what point, I guess this is a two-part question. Um, the first part is, at what point do you look around and say, uh-uh, oh, hell no, I got <laughs> I to go. I got to get away from these people. Um, for the you know people that are in that situation, and two, um, what are some of the warning signs of people who are more susceptible to, um, you know, gravitate towards that lifestyle um we'll go in reverse this time and go with your friendly neighborhood shelby croto and then we will go to jordan epperson so um shelby so i definitely think this is kind of a a tricky question just because obviously there are groups out there that aren't cults like there's a difference between being eccentric and then being a downright like cult right (laughs) so i definitely think it teeters into the territory of being a cult once they're starting to try and isolate you. Like they don't want you talking to friends or family. They don't want you like leaving the building or, I mean, obviously if like some of the people that are in charge are starting to come on to you and say like, Oh, we're trying to reproduce for, for God, which is some of the stuff I've noticed in some of the other cults where these leaders are saying that they're pretty much the Messiah and that they're trying to just reproduce in the name of God. Mm. And once it's starting to teeter into that type of territory where it's very sexual oriented or very mind manipulative, 
I definitely would say hightail it out of there, which I know it's also a tricky situation because I'm sure it's probably hard to get out of that type of situation, especially if you have isolated yourself from your family, then I know it might be hard to try and kind of detach yourself from that group. Mm. Okay. Jordan? Um, well, kind of, kind of what Shelby was saying that, you know, when a group is, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to compare this to basically an abusive relationship here. Um, we've all heard about, you know, well, you are the relationship goals, uh, guru. Yeah. Well, <laughs> are more hip in uh present Dr. Joyce, uh, brothers, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, you hear about people that are in these abusive relationships and usually the abusive party at some point tries to isolate the abused. And I mean, there are just so many red flags that people look past in an abusive relationship that then are, you know, basically being carried over to these cults and things like, you know, telling people specifically what they can and can't do. And I know that some religion does that as well. Um, and it's kind of, you know, one of those things where you got to weigh what's worth it and what's not. I mean, with Heaven's Gate, kind of did the opposite of what Shelby was talking about with hers. Um, they were actually telling people that they were not allowed to have sex ever. To the point where some of the men actually went and got themselves surgically castrated. And they tried to have them do it within the group. They had one group member who was a nurse and she tried to perform the surgery and the patient almost died. So they were like, yeah, we'll just, we'll just go down to Mexico and get it done. No big deal. And I'm sorry, but if you try and do something like that, some, some medical procedure like that without there being some, you know, the world is ending kind of crisis at hand. I mean, well, first of all, it's illegal. That's a little too, that's a little too far for me. Yeah. First of um, all, it's illegal. You're not supposed to practice medicine without a license in the United States period. Well, I mean, she was a nurse, so they kind of just were like, eh, she's, she's worked in the medical field. It's wow. cool. Wow. Well, I mean, I'm pretty sure castration in general is illegal everywhere. So, I mean, even Ow. if they have a license, I'm sure it would get revoked if someone tried very to least, do that. Or at the very least, well, it should these, be. Speaking these, for the male population of the world, <laughs> it definitely these, should be. Well, the cult made it very, uh, very well known that it was not a requirement to be in the cult for men to get castrated. These men did it voluntarily. Basically to prevent themselves from wanting to have sex with anybody. And like the, the founder, he had, um, he had at one point been a college professor and was actually fired from his job uh, because he had had a relationship with a male student. Um, and so he was one of the first ones to get himself castrated to basically uh, curb the... Uh, basically he, he thought it was uh, sinful to be gay and to basically prey upon these other men. And so he did it basically to keep himself from falling back into that. 
but the others were like, yeah, let's do it. Wow. And I'm like, hmm, mm, that's, that's going to be a no. That, that's the, <laughs> yeah, really, that's the that's, really crazy thing about some of these cult leaders is that they're able to persuade these people into willingly do these crazy things. Like, I mean, Manson, for instance. Yeah. He didn't force these people to go kill all these people. He just persuaded yeah. them into thinking this is the right thing to do. So that that's just insane. Wow. Like, I mean, I have I have never in my life met a man who's been like, I want to go get castrated. Definitely yeah, not. Nah, I, I can't think of one neither coming to mind. Like, that's, that's, that's really and, out there. And then there's this group, and they had multiple members that went to, to Mexico, which, by the way, mm, that, that's a little sketchy yeah, also. Yeah, that's like, uh, hey, you want to go to Mexico and get castrated? What? Like, dude, no. I've watched yeah. enough botched yeah. to know that getting any type of surgery in Mexico is not a good idea. That's a 50-50 you're yeah. not coming out of there alive kind of deal. Like, no, I'm good. But, but the, well, they were apparently going to come out of it better off than the first guy who almost died. <laughs> oh, my God. But, uh, I mean, it was, I mean, and it was scary that the people that they talked to afterwards, like family members, the things that the family members were saying were like, oh, we had no idea they had joined a cult because they just, they were suddenly, they were happy again. They had been so down for so long and now they were finally being themselves again, or so they thought, that they were just relieved to have their family member back until it was too late. Right. And that's, okay. that's kind of scary that, you know, somebody could just not show these outward signs of basically being abused right um when they really are real, well before we um i mean before we actually go to our break i wanted to squeeze in one more question um but for me i don't, I don't think there are any warning signs i don't think that there are i think a cult is defined by what they do and how they operate and i think that the warning signs don't become warning signs until it's too late most of the time unfortunately but i i think that um obviously red flags um anyone that wants to isolate you like um jordan said or or or, or influence you in some way kind of like shelby was saying with the mansons anyone who seems to overtly want to do those things is someone that you should question if you want to be around in the first place because ladies and gentlemen um and this is a staple ideal um for all amalgamaniacs all card carrying amalgamaniacs and all those who are affiliated or associated with our group individuality and individual thought the human stain in general no matter how insignificant or how magnanimous um is important to a degree that is you can't calculate it or weigh it against anything so um <clears throat> Anyone who wants to take hold or manipulate or change that or or some type of way augment that as someone, in my opinion, who should be questioned because people are beautiful pretty much the way that they are most of the time. And the ones that aren't, it's pretty easy to see that they aren't. You know, it's not really hard, you know, for the Robert Rodriguez's of the world. I mean, the Robert Ramirez's of the world, the Charles Manson's of the world. It's really not hard to see who these people are that you know, kind of are just out to hurt people or want people to see, you know, see people get hurt and stuff like that versus the people who aren't really that way. So 
keep your eyes open, keep your mind open and always trust your own information. Always go with what's best for you. Hopefully that will be, um, you know, one of the ways to help you steer clear of anything uh, similar to this. Um, real quick before we go to commercial break, <clears throat> I need one way from both of you um, or each of you, sorry, um, that uh, you think a person should, uh, a, a way a person should go if they're in a cult and want to escape, what's the best thing for them to do? Do they just, I mean, absolute first opportunity leave or, you know, uh, be a little more tactile? And I know it varies from different cult to different cult. Like if there's guys with guns, you know, guarding the gate, maybe not make a break for it. But um, in general, like, do you think that it's something that they should just do or that they should, you know, plan out? Um, these, these are questions I'm going to have you answer when we come back from our commercial break, um, for the Dorkening Network and Deadly Grounds Coffee, um, coffee to die for. So I want you ladies to stew on that while we, um, go to commercial break and then we'll come back and I want to know your idea of what the best thing to do if you find yourself in this situation and getting out. So, um. We'll be right back after this commercial break to hear from everyone about how to escape or what you should do to escape from a cult. Deadly Grounds Coffee knows how important your coffee is to you. Every batch is roasted to perfection with a unique special method that brings out the richest, deepest, smoothest flavor you'll ever find. We're coffee freaks too, and deadly serious about our brew. Just one sip and you'll know why we say, once you go deadly, you don't go back. It's truly coffee to die for. So when you're ready to get a little deadly, get online and order yours at getdeadly.com. It's coffee so good, it's scary. And we are back. The Amalga Files, ladies and gentlemen, um, the boy wonderful Ian Wallace, um, the friendly neighborhood Shelby Croto, Jordan Lynn Epperson, and we are bringing you the wonderful, weird, sometimes very not so weird, very real, down to earth. Sometimes we go as far as outer space um, to bring you topics and uh, make sure that you know nothing is taboo, because nothing ever really is, honestly. Um, and I asked a question before we went to our commercial break um, and uh, for our sponsors, Deadly Grounds Coffee, and we are powered also by the Dorkening Network. Um, wait a minute, real quick before we get into our question, I got to say this, um, because we happen to be recording on a Thursday. And um, shout out to um, one of our um, affiliated uh, podcasts and some of the uh, best people I know. Um, Patrick and um, Ashes Ray Hall for your 200th episode yeah. of Throwdown Thursday podcast. Yes. And um, have you listened to it yet? Um, no, I have. I have not gotten a okay. chance today. Okay, well, make sure around. make sure you take a good period of time because it's almost four hours long. That's okay. No, no, I, I plan to um to listen I, to I it literally, after I get off of work. I so. literally sat down as soon as I woke up and listened to it, and I was like okay, whatever. I'm going to do my cult research. And I finished my research and they were still talking and I looked at it and I was like, Oh, we're only like halfway through the podcast. Right. Yeah. No, they, I can't wait to see what these guys have planned for. Um, 
awesome people. There, uh, there's some, there some good characters that were listed. Oh, I can only some imagine. Really good characters. I can only and imagine. And there are others that now I'm like, I need to go and look into this character because I need to know more about them now. <laughs> oh, no, they go there, especially when they do their getting into character um, segment on their podcast. The, uh, you know, these guys go way into characters that I absolutely love. Some, some that I, uh, you know, that they bring up from uh, days of yorn and uh, just great people, wonderful people. Um, I can't wait to hear the episode. So congratulations, guys. Um, you deserve all the listens that you get for this episode and happy 200th episode coming from Boy Wonderful, Ian Wallace, uh, Jordan Epperson, Shelby Proto, and all of Amalgamania. You guys so deserve it. So I asked a question to you guys before we went on commercial break. Um, what should one do uh, when they find themselves involved in a cult and wants to escape? Uh, give me one good thing that you think that they should do. Um, given the situation, obviously, we would have to be more specific as to in which situation and what you would have kind of a, what would you do if you were in this situation? If you were a branch Davidian, if you were a, uh, you know, if you were in John's town, what is it? uh, Jonestown, if you, you know, if you were, you know, if your friend was in the Manson cult, what, what would you do? Or what would, what do you think one should do in that situation? Just given some of the things that you've seen, obviously we are not law enforcement or, you know, hostage negotiators or any, you know, thing like that, but we're, we are regular people um normal people uh as normal as can be i guess and um it's just information for you guys to use if you you know feel it relates to your situation or could you know save you or someone that you love so um what would you guys do if you were in a you know found yourself in a cult situation or what would you have done either one of you can start it's fine i i have no order on this one i just want to know what you guys think one good one good thing um, for me, I think, and this is a lot easier for me being an introvert anyway. Um, if you plan on leaving or things are, you know, getting a little sketchy, keep it to yourself because mm. I mean, so That's many people have, have been part of cults and have gotten out once they've, you know, disbanded, but they've tried to escape earlier on and basically were like sharing with their friends, their thoughts and all of that. And their friends basically will, we'll, we'll call it atoned for them, basically reported them to the leaders and then they faced punishment and were heavily watched and were not able to escape. So I think if you're, if you're in a cult and things are starting to get shady and you want out, the best thing would be to keep it to yourself, prioritize yourself. I understand you don't want to leave your best friend that's there or your husband that's entrenched in it or whatever, but you've got to think about yourself. And in that situation, I mean, the best thing for yourself is just to keep it to yourself, not share all of, your, all of what you know with everyone else. Right. Because it will be used against you. That is very true. Um, <clears throat> Shelby? So I think one of the biggest things that would help is you need to have a safe place to go. I think, because I mean, some people, they don't have family members apart from outside of the cult. Some people grew up in the cult. I think whether it's, going to the police station or a homeless shelter, as long as you have 
a safe place to go away from these people, I think that will help tremendously. Because, I mean, like Jordan was saying, you may not want to leave behind your husband or friends or anyone like that, but you need to kind of be a little bit selfish. You need to protect yourself first if you want to protect them. And if it definitely is something that's becoming dangerous or an aggressive environment, I would suggest going to the police station because obviously then the right authorities can go and help these other people that may not know they even need help. So yeah, I think like, yeah. like on an airplane, you put your mask on before you help somebody else. Exactly. You need to help yourself before you can help anyone else. Cause if you're trying to help all these other people, who's going to help you? All right. Um, for me, I think uh, if you, if you, if you, uh, for me, if you, if you're in a, if you see yourself in a situation where you're not sure about the people around you, um, I think the best one, and I, I can't even, I, I don't think there is a better answer. Um, I think Jordan kind of nailed this one right through the rail. Um, keep it to yourself. Tell no one. And make your mind up and do, you know, follow through with what it is that you're going to do um, it, it, the safest way that you can. But keeping it to yourself, I think, is more than essential until you feel like you're safe. Um, because, you know, there's just you can go from trying to escape and telling the wrong person and ended up, you know, in a very bad situation, um, as many have in the past. So, you know, be careful. Um Moving along to our next part of the cast, um, I'm going to read the poll. I'm going to go to our poll, and um, we're going to look at some of the results, and I'm going to read the questions. And I'm going to actually read some of the comments from the poll in the group. Um, we always ask for the multimeter, scoliometer, two different uh, measurements of, you know, how do you feel as a believer, someone who's a little more skeptical about things. And this um, question was a little bit different. We asked, um, do you understand why people join cults? And then um, we asked, you know, for the other people that, no, I don't understand why people join cults. So either you do understand why a person might join a cult or you don't. And this is a landslide. Like, there's a lot of people who understand why people would join cults. And, um, you know, it's it's interesting to see 38 votes for those that do understand and five votes only for the people that don't. And I think the, the don't um, answers were a little bit more um, geared towards, like, as far as the extremes that some of these things and people go to. Um, and how, how, how it all ends up. And, you know, I can completely understand that um, given the situation and uh, knowing how some of, how extreme some of these situations can get. Um, but it's, it's amazing that so many people do understand. And um, we're going to actually read some of the results from that poll later on, but we just wanted to kind of give you the results of the poll first before we got into our research and talking about, um, you know, our dissections of, of, uh, Cults and um, extreme beliefs that we have uncovered in research. So uh, those are the results of the poll. And um, ladies, this is our favorite part of the cast. Um, we did the research. We uh, got into things. We learned some things. I want to hear at least one of the uh, cults that you investigated and did research on and, you know, how you felt about it overall 
Um, let's go with uh, Jordan Lynn Epperson, and then we'll go to Shelby, and then I'll do mine. All right. Um, I think I'll go with the Heaven's Gate one because um, it's it's one of the more extreme ones, um, and to me, it's a little bit out there. I mean, I can understand from a religious aspect people getting on board, but you know, the whole having themselves castrated and then eventually the mass suicide that I, I can't, I can't get with. Um, it was a UFO religious, uh, millenarian cult in San Diego. Um, when was, when was it founded? 1974. Okay. It was founded by Marshall Applewhite who died in 97 and Bonnie Nettles, who died in 1985. Um, so she died like 12 years before the mass suicide. But um, they, in March of 97, March 26th of 1997, the San Diego County Sheriff's Department uh, basically discovered 39 members of the group had committed suicide. Um, they had mixed um, pentobarbital. I think that's what it is. How yeah, phenobarbital. Yeah, it's a barbiturate. Yeah, I believe. there you go. Um, they mixed it into applesauce or pudding and consumed it and washed it down with a bunch of vodka. Because um, might as well be drunk when you're going out. Yeah, no. Um, um, actually, I think it was to accelerate... Um, the, well, the, that was the, actually. The well, they also they ha also had um, some dietary restrictions in the group as well, and because uh, um, alcohol and um, barbiturates in a in a small dosage is what a lot of people use for like date rape and knocking people out. So if you're doing this well, in a mass quantity, it could definitely kill you if you're mixing vodka with the phenobarbital. Is it's a death sentence. Well, and like I said, the the group itself because they're they're beliefs were uh, basically that they were trying to become aliens um there were a bunch of dietary restrictions so they weren't allowed to eat regular food and they weren't allowed to drink regular stuff so it was pretty much you know they were pounding back applesauce and pudding and vodka all the time oh, wow. this wasn't this wasn't a a new thing this was like an all the time thing they were restricted they were not allowed forbidden banned from eating any real food or drinking a lot of things um but so they they washed it down with some vodka and then they um basically adhered plastic bags to their face See, wait a minute. You know what? I got to stop and you right there, Jordan, because that's a deal breaker for me. You take steak hibachi off the table, I'm out. I'm out. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sticking around. I'm, I know it might be the path to peace into everlasting li living. No, that's it. That's, that's my line. So you take the steak hibachi, the, the I'm out the door. The castration didn't do that for you. No, the castration, you know, I might have taken a trip to Mexico, Jordan. You know what? I mean, I don't know what these people believe. They might have been right. But you take steak hibachi off of the table, and that's it. I'm out. I'm out of here. That's a deal breaker for anyone. <laughs> That's a deal that you can't do that to people. Okay. That's, you know, there's torture and then there's torture. 
And of course, I'm 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 making light of the. <laughs> I'm doing my best to make light of because it's just like it's. Well, I, I'm it's, just. It's crazy. You know, that they that, would do I'm, that. I'm sitting here and I'm like, there's so much. All I can think of is all the malnutrition from this diet that these yeah, people were on. Like, and I mean, and like I said, this thing was founded in 1974. And went on up until 19, uh, 1997. There are actually technically two survivors of the cult still, um, and they they maintain the uh, the cult's website. Um, God. But yeah, yeah, um, because the way that the cult made its money was actually that they were website des- they designed websites for companies and businesses. And that's how they made their money for this cult because they sold off all of their worldly possessions, but they still needed money to survive. But I, I mean, 20, 20 plus years of applesauce and pudding and vodka. I mean, that's gotta wreck your body. Just obliterate it. Oh, I can't even think. And frankly, and frankly, it's not all that surprising to me that Nettles ended up dying of cancer in 85 if she was eating like that. Well, yeah, of course. I mean, I mean there's no nutrition there. There's nothing to I'm surprised more yourself. people weren't. I'm surprised more people weren't just, you know, dying because off. Because they were sneaking the off grounds to the hibachi place. That's why, Jordan. They were not fools. These and, people might have been talking, cultists, but they we're weren't. We're talking these people, these people, when they were coming into the cult, they had to um they're to be quote unquote purged of all of the fast food and processed foods and all of the uh foods that they had eaten that were not part of this diet so they had people doing the master cleanse which basically if if you don't know what the master cleanse is it's that one that you know you hear celebrities talk about all the time that's like lemonade or lemon juice or something and cayenne pepper and maple syrup. They were drinking it to basically cleanse their body of um, all of these outside foods um, before they were allowed to be admitted into this cult. And, and what I'm was sorry, the mixture again? It for me. What was the mixture it's again? It was like, like maple lemonade syrup. Lemonade or lemon juice. Yeah, it's like, it's lemonade like... And le- or lemon juice and cayenne pepper and maple syrup. And some, some places do other mixes with that. I've actually read sorry, about that, that diet before. For me. Because you, you're supposed to drink so much of it a day, and it literally gives you, like, insane diarrhea that it literally it just makes you pushes, <laughs> it pushes everything out of your body. Because, like you said, it makes you sick. Everything's coming out both ends. Oh, my God. Yeah. It, it makes you sick, and you, you just are totally purging, as they called it, their, your whole system with that, with that cleanse. And yeah, no. yeah, that would have been. I'll just, I'll just hop over to the GNC. No, I'll just hop over to the GNC and see what they got on the shelf. And uh, see, yeah, see, I would have been like, "Is this gonna make me lose weight? Like, is this gonna happen? Is this like a <laughs> no, real diet?" It's gonna diet? make you lose all of the weight. It's gonna, it's mm. gonna, it's I'm gonna see, strip your insides. If this is replacing like, it with vodka and applesauce, wow. yeah, you're you're losing some weight. Well, yeah. I'm already intaking enough vodka. The hard way. So maybe right, exactly. I need to do this purge. <laughs> um. So, was there anything else about but, the specific uh, cult that you had, Jordan? Oh, these these people. I mean, they. It was a. It was three days. It was over three days that these people were killing themselves. Ugh. They went in three groups, 
um, it was 39 people who ended up dead. So it was a group of 15, the group of 15, and then a group of nine. And as the first 15 would die, then, you know, the next group would um, remove the bags from the dead members' heads and lay them in their bed and put a purple shroud over them. And then they would proceed to take this applesauce pudding concoction and vodka and tape their own bags on their head. And the leader, Apple White, he was the third to last to go. Um, and the last two members that went, they were the only two that were found with bags on their heads still. Um, and I mean, uh, it, it, it's some nasty stuff. And kind of like what Shelby was talking about earlier was um, basically this group portrayed Applewhite as being the second coming of Jesus. He claimed that he was the alien or the alien spirit that had inhabited Jesus's body, reincarnated into his own body, and him and Nettles, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, um, wait a minute, which wait a minute, by the way, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Mm -hmm. Are we saying that Jesus was an alien? Yes. That's what they were saying, yes. He's like, a lizard. Are person. we talking are we talking ET or like Alien Gonzalez alien? Like what are we what are we uh, when we say an we're alien? Talking, we're talking invasion of the body snatchers. Okay. Jesus was actually one of the lizard was, people that we keep a, hearing conspiracies was, about. Wow. It was so, an alien consciousness that was in that had basically um, possessed Jesus's body. Wait a second. Doesn't also like the <laughs> like the people that believe in Scientology? Isn't that their belief? That uh, you know everyone, what? Hold on. Wait a everyone minute. was like aliens that like Shelves. inhabited our bodies. Shelves, I'm going to stop you right there because I refuse. Mm -hmm. I refuse. We are absolutely going to take care of Scientology last. I am Okay, sorry. good. That, we are absolutely that just made me we are going to that. reserve a solid no, we are going to reserve a solid 6 to 7 minutes specifically aimed at Scientology just because of the ridiculous You know what? You know what? We're not going to we're not we're not going to go there. Not right now. Um, we're not, not going to go there. We're not going to know. No. So, um, what, what were you saying about so, Heaven's Gate? Let's, let's finish up with anyway, Heaven's Gate. Um, <laughs> Applewhite Apple and Nettles, they had met. Um, she worked as a nurse. Uh, they met at a hospital when he was visiting his friend. And it's unclear whether it was a psychiatric hospital or some kind of um, NICU. Um, helping, she was working with premature babies. Uh, it, it was unclear which one she was doing. Um, they met, they decided that they had felt like they knew each other for their whole lives, despite just meeting. So they decided that that must mean they knew each other in a past life. Um, and therefore Jesus is an alien. And they got to talking and both of them were very into, uh, the King James version of the Bible. Um, especially the New Testament and Revelations. And in Revelations, there is a part about um, two witnesses for the second coming of Jesus Christ. And they basically decided that they were these two witnesses. Um, and, but then, you know, I mean, they preached all of this. They had people coming and joining their group. Well, then when Nettles died in 85 he basically had to rethink his whole thing 
and basically decided that she died to join some spacecraft that was out in space. Her, her, her consciousness was going into this spacecraft where she would become a higher being or an alien or something along those lines. And that basically was the catalyst to this mass suicide. He started preaching this, that, you know, death was the way to ascend to this higher power. Um, and he, he was very into science fiction works. Um, he was inspired by Robert Heinlein, which you may know uh, wrote Starship Troopers. Um, and Arthur C. Clarke, who, who wrote uh, 2001, A Space Odyssey. Okay. Um, and they took a lot of inspiration from things like Star Wars and Star Trek, which actually one of the members who um, killed himself was, uh, I think his first name was Thomas. Uh, Michelle which or Nichols, which you may know his sister, Nichelle Nichols, who played Ohura in Star Trek. Oh wow. Yeah. Um, her brother oh, was actually one of her brother was actually one of the people who uh killed himself in this cult. Oh my god. Oh wow. And I mean and they this guy was just preaching the whole time about, you know, this fulfilling Bible prophecies. Um and every member was dressed in the same outfit. They all had on a black t-shirt and black sweatpants and black and white Nike decades. Um, and each of them had $5 in their pocket uh, to basically avoid vagrancy fines and three nickel or three quarters in their pocket to make phone calls. And that's how they all died. And there's now a, um, because of this, the fame from this uh, cult, to find a pair of Nike Decades, a black and white pair of Nike Decades, I mean, they're going on eBay for like $6,660. Because of this mass suicide? This pair of shoes. Because of the fame from this mass suicide. And Nike pretty much discontinued them after the publicity of this. And that Nike actually makes my stomach hurt. That actually, I actually Nike? got queasy when you said like that's really weird that they would actually like sell those sneakers online for that much money just because of. Uh, oh, it's not Nike selling them. It's, no, it's I know people. it's just people. It's yeah, no, I understand. People. Oh no, that wasn't towards Nike. Nike. It's towards the people who are doing. Nike it. discontinued making them and actually had to make statements about how they had no part in this mass suicide. Yeah, good booze. They <laughs> wanted no parts in it. They wanted nothing to do with it. And yeah, that, the sole reason move. why these people were wearing these shoes was because they were at a really good rate. And wow. it was literally what um, Ed had said. In, uh, they, he had recorded a video before Ritual uh, basically explaining everything. And each member that was going to commit the ritual um, recorded a farewell video as well. And each of those videos sent out to the people's respective family, friends, whatever. 
Um, and some of them were actually sent to, um, I think it was like CNBC or something. It was sent hmm. to the news, sent to the news. And it was actually a reporter. He, he got this video footage and a note inside the box explaining everything. So he went and checked it out to see the validity and the door was open and walked in and there were a bunch of dead bodies. So he left an anonymous tip for the police to come and check it out. Um, but the uh, the only thing that I found that was kind of different from a lot of other cults that we're going to be looking at is they were 18 years and up. You could not be under 18 and be in this. They wouldn't allow it. And I guess the fact that sex was not allowed i mean they weren't really worried about members having kids right but yeah you had to be at least 18 to join the cult amazing that's that's their only real requirement wow um shelby mm -hmm. did you want to go and um go into your um the topic of your your been the target of your research uh, sure. So the main cults that I kind of did research on, uh, they obviously were known as like the children of God. But the reason I did research on them is because they are still an active cult to this day. They are still mm. active. They are still going on. Wow. So they first were, uh, was founded in 1968 by David Brant Bird, who actually was a former christian pastor and pretty much they would hand out pamphlets to pretty much runaway kids and hippies uh and just people on the streets like pretty much talking about self-love and just pretty much like the whole hippie movement they were just uh prophesizing it out into the streets and they were taking in like homeless kids and stuff like that. So on the outside, it looked good. But obviously, when there was accusations of sexual abuse to some of the minors, about an eighth of the members ended up leaving the movement. And this was about in like 1977 when they had disbanded. But then it just carried on into, they were called themselves the family of love, which they ended up putting out a statement in about 1985 pretty much saying like oh well we are now pretty much strictly forbidding this type of like sexual conduct to happen so they're like so anything that happened previously it's not our fault anymore like what happened happened it's in the past wow <laughs> they're like they're like saying but from now on we won't be uh, assaulting children. Yeah, just from there. Yeah, from now on. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, from from now yeah. on, guys. Right, right. But one of the methods that David Berg had did for this cult is they did something called flirty fishing. So they encouraged the that just female. Sketchy. They encouraged the female. It does, members, doesn't it? Yeah, they uh they encouraged the female members to go out and pretty much convert males through sexual relationships to join the cult. So they pretty much went out, flirted with men, had sex with them, and pretty much 
tried to convince them to come into this cult. Which, so, so what you're telling me is that they expected these women to be so good at sex that they, they, that these men were finding religion. I guess so. I, I guess that's what happened. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but what was I, I don't, I don't think that's, uh, I'm like, I, I don't, I don't think, I mean, I'm sure they probably talked a good a game. game plan. Yeah. Right. They, they probably talked a good game and stuff, but I, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure it was probably different in the seventies. Like it, it was probably something more acceptable, I would say, for something like that. But I'm like nowadays, if some girl's trying to talk you into like coming to church and stuff with her, most guys would be like, "No, thank you." <laughs> <laughs> like, no. That is the very that is the very no PC thanks. version of that answer. But yes, that I think that right. that would be well, just about how it I goes. Mean, <laughs> even 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 just like, hey, come to church with me. That's that's a whole different scenario yeah hey, come join this cult. well um, i'm sure they probably weren't where, labeling where it as a have cult to live here and <laughs> this yeah. communal but you know what i gotta i gotta kind of glaze over that real quick and to use women in that way um is actually from nexium and a couple of other cult cults. Yeah. Again, I'm 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 doing my air quotes. It's, it's one for of those, those things where they disguise it. they disguise it as women empowerment, but what they're really doing is using them and basically yeah. I mean, it's it's prostitution almost. And, oh, yeah. and trafficking and all kinds of stuff, which uh, is yeah. very eerie. But at the same time, it's a it's a common tactic when it relates but to they're like but guess what you can do it and it's all your idea even though it's really mm -hmm. my idea exactly and it's crazy because i know even like sex traffickers and stuff like that they now have women luring other women because obviously women are more susceptible to trusting so, other women than they would men right well, and, and that's what a big thing with the nexium was was that um Allison Mack, she was recruiting women to join this, and then once they were Didn't in they it, dub it the bad bitch she was camp? Branding. Mm -hmm. She was branding women, and then selling them into sex slavery. Yep. And, and I know, I, mean, uh, hmm. I had talked a little bit about it earlier, but if you watch Anthony Padilla's video where he interviewed ex-cult members, the one guy that was on there, he pretty much joined this cult where it pretty much was all about sex. And I mean, I'm sure they're probably able to lure men in for this type of thing. But then obviously, I guess only the females are allowed to... Th this is a little explicit, but only the females are allowed to orgasm. The males are not allowed to. Wow. And pretty much the men that have just, to... That just sounds awful. I yeah. quit. I guess awful. the men have I to, quit. like, sit there and please, like, two women at once. But they, they are fully clothed. The women are all naked, and they're pretty much having to please these women. Nope. Nope. <laughs> that, mm. Nope. But, um, I'm out. That sounds like it sucks. The, yeah, it the really does. Like, and then the one-sidedness like, of like that. Like, that doesn't, like, make yeah. you feel like... I mean, and don't get me wrong. There are some relationships where... Uh, that is a common practice where, um, you know, an orgasm is something that, um, you know, you want your partner to hold off on until a certain moment. And there are practices where this well, is yeah. something, but and you achieve that at some thing. point. 
you know, That's and it's like thing in some uh, like BDSM relationships and like yeah. exactly, exactly my point. Like I was, I was, I was trying to reflect that and, there. But parallel the in is, that way. But the thing is, that's that's purely consent for pleasure. Exactly. I mean, yeah. yeah. Something person, that you're agreeing to. And, yeah. In fact, if the person does in fact orgasm, they might have you know a small punishment, but it's part of the whole environment that they're right. in. Right. Exactly. That's yeah, happening. But in this, but in this particular. If they but, told but, the but, dominant they weren't into it, then it stops immediately. At least exactly. if you have a good dominant. But this is like you're yeah, not. Yeah, this is to do like it it's, it's very one sided. You want to like, or not? Exactly, and and kind of demeaning. Like you don't matter. We do. Um, it's just it's really I don't know. That's 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 Which wild. Is, it's crazy because I could easily see some feminists go into a cult like this because they are super about like. Women are better than oh, men. About, like the hardcore ones. Yeah, oh, the yeah, hardcore yeah, yeah, yeah. feminists. Not, I could easily the, see not them. the egalitarians, but the no. like, yeah, the hardcore, ones, yeah, hardcore ones. Yeah, yeah no, hardcore. They would, they would have a field day here in this place. Oh, um, of course. But um, yeah, no. Just well, the I would say that the guys that are the guys that are joining these cults specifically to get sex, it does kind of make me question their uh, life. As is, I mean, and uh, this is this is something that I personally was pretty ashamed of. Um, I think it was a couple years ago during the election, one of the elected official or one of the people running for elected official um, near where I am, and I can't remember what specifically it was. It was something that there are a bunch of districts in the state for. Um, he was actually a convicted rapist. And, um, oh. <laughs> yeah, which the person that he raped was his daughter. Um, and he was pardoned by the governor along with a bunch of other, uh, convicted felons. And it allowed him to run for office. One of his things that he was trying to put into place, uh, if he was elected was that he wanted to make it mandatory for the government to provide every man with a girlfriend. Uh, it's squeeze. And, you mean like a mail I'm, order? Is this a mail order thing or like what? Kind of. Um, basically, he wanted the government to provide sex for all of these men, a girlfriend for all of these men who could not get a girlfriend. Um, he, he himself even labeled himself as an incel. Um, is this a person who cannot get a girlfriend? Well, this is a guy who his, I mean, I don't know what that means. What is that? What is that? What does incel oh, mean? An incel, an incel. Um, I can't remember the exact definition, but basically it is a person that cannot get a girlfriend. All right. A good example is, all right, you know, the guys who are like, Oh, women never pick the nice guy. Uh-huh. And it's and it's a guy that's saying this who's really not a nice guy at all. He just thinks he's a nice guy. And this is this is the convicted rapist. That's This is the convicted rapist. He he wow. he stands by that he did nothing wrong by raping his daughter. Oh, jeez. Um and she wasn't even the only person that he raped. Uh he had raped somebody else. His wife eventually left him as she should in my opinion. Um, but he had raped a couple of people, including his daughter, 
and he once he he basically believed that men should be catered to um that women are second class citizens and are basically around to please men and is this the same is this the same um mentality that was in this group like was this uh it's focus was that i mean i don't understand is the is the correlation that they like that that's kind of what i'm feeling like these people had to be like whatever the female version of this was was you know that the men had to cater to these women but this guy he had he had actually run for political office and that was like his whole platform was that men should be catered to by women the government should provide them a girlfriend if they did not have one and women were basically second class citizens and i flat out told people i was like if anybody i know feels like this man should be elected you can go ahead and unfriend me never speak to me again lose my number i don't want to talk to you i mean yeah, that's, I can, that's really I wild can that they very, would even let him run for office having that kind of conviction and you know what i think i think he ended up with like three percent of the votes for that district and i was like mm, that's mm, no and that and no. see that that kind of that that i'm actually kind of glad you brought that up because I'm thinking to myself about like guys like Jim Jones and um, uh, uh, ben, Yahweh Ben Yahweh and uh, different guys who've um, influenced people in the same kind of way to kind of, um, you know, influence themselves to, to follow along a set of ideals that are just that ludicrous in that left field. It's just, it's amazing that 3% of the people in that district actually would follow something like that. I, yeah. Wow. And I mean, I can be I can be pretty open-minded about a lot of things, but that right there, I was like, don't if you think that this man should be elected, don't even bother speaking to me again. Lose my email, lose my phone number, whatever you got to do, don't talk to me. <laughs> wow. And Shelby, the um the 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 what is it called? The Children of God? Is that the name of this group? No. So the group uh, the female-oriented one. I can't remember right. what they're called. They're like, it's like the Lord of Light or something like that. Oh, okay. I can't, I can't uh, remember exactly I did, what they're I did, called. I did see that name somewhere. So, yeah, that yeah, could I very well be which one it was. <laughs> I can't exactly remember what they're called, but I know the leader of this cult, she does go around and do, like, seminars and stuff like that, and I guess that's how she gets a lot of members. She's going and talking about women empowerment stuff like that and obviously people are watching this and wanting to join you know what that's a very and and i mean just speaking and and, and for the ladies all the ladies listening um that is something that uh is a big hook when it comes to a lot of these organizations that not only prey on women but prey on all people um because women empowerment is such a uh uh you know a steadfast platform that meant a lot or well, I can't say meant it means in itself it means a lot of things but I mean especially nowadays more exactly, people are like starting to promote it well I mean women now are, yeah. are completely different than they you know and how they, they are what they're like able the to do and the even in the, and the 70s and, and 80s like women make more money women are in positions of power they do it's it's completely not the same thing as it once was yeah and um and and it's and it's so good to see women in those positions but it's just unfortunate that people 
um, you know, would would take advantage of the fact that that is such a, you know, an an engraved uh, platform, women's empowerment. It's it's a good tool, you know, thinking from the the side of one of these, you know, leeches or psychopaths that do this um, to to want women to be strong and what woman wouldn't want to, you know, at least explore what this might be about or what, you know, this might entail. So it's it's just it's unfortunate that someone would, you know, take advantage of of that platform and other platforms, religion and, and, and you know, freedom of, you know, life in general it's um it's 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 eerie that I there are people that would use that against somebody and and make them join a cult or make them um decide to um to you know to to stray away from their family or be away from their family so it's I definitely crazy. think it uh it has to do with like the time periods I definitely think these people are thinking about what is going on in the world today cuz I mean the children of god for example like, they started in the 60s and 70s, so their whole entire thing was about self-love, self-expression, because, I mean, that was, like, free love. free love, like, spirituality and stuff like that. And then, I mean, obviously, like, people like the Lord of Light, especially, like, nowadays, people are all about female empowerment, all this other stuff. I definitely think they're catering towards what is going on in the world at the time and feeding on people that are i mean kind of pretty vulnerable i would say oh well like, and see that's the and and I'm, we're going to get to reading some of the um answers and some of the comments in the poll in the um in amalgamania our, our facebook group but um <clears throat> it's it that it, it's it's strange that it's that you know that people are that familiar and 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 you know have this you know, this gravitation towards these things, even though they are that extreme. And even though, I mean, even the ones that come in like wolves in sheep's clothing, it's still eerie that they're so drawn to this, even still like they do need uh, someone to lead them or to guide them or to empower them. Like some people, and, and, and it's an, it's unfortunate, but it's an underlying thing. Some people need other people to lead them. It's just something that is a fact. It's not soldiers, uh, police officers, uh, firemen. These are they have you know the chief or the, the the sergeant, and they follow his orders. You know, and or military men. You know, you have the general, the you know the captain, and whoever else. They, they, and then whatever line that they follow their orders and whatever ranks. Like some people need to be led. Some people need to follow someone. And this is a fact since the dawn of man. It's just. It's more about the people who are seeing that and taking, you know, advantage to the point where they are hurting or, um, you know. Well, and you've also got the other people who they just want to belong somewhere. They want some sense they, of yeah. belonging to some bigger group. And exactly. they prey upon it. Exactly. So to play off of something Jordan said earlier, I definitely think it goes back to that like toxic relationship type thing. I'm sure these cult members aren't coming out right out of the gate saying like, oh yeah, we're going to commit mass suicide. It's probably something small first. Like, oh yeah, like we talk about this and this. And it's like plausible thinking that probably everyday people probably won't think too much of. But then kind of mm. once they get you hooked, they're like trying to feed a little bit more, seeing pretty much seeing how much they can push you. And I mean, I'm sure it's probably like the same in like 
an abusive relationship. They just try to see how much they can get away with. See, oh, maybe yeah. if I push her push a little, a little bit more, further, I can get yeah. away. Yeah. Exactly. Well, so it just kind of builds like, up. It's also, it's also kind of like in the re- abusive relationship where, you know, he hits you and then he says he's sorry and you're like, oh, it's okay. I'll take you back. And eventually when you tell somebody, they're like, you need to get out of there. And they're like, but he loves me. And he said, sorry. Right. And it's like, you're just, you're not in that same mind frame. Of- oh no, this, but, but the, but these people go to the extreme of, and they use things that are just that you cannot like love is something that is fleeting and changes and more. Yeah, but love in, comes in so many varieties. Exactly. In different forms. That's my point is that, they're using something more finding, concrete. These people like, are finding family and friendship and potentially romantic partners as well. And I mean, sometimes I have, I have met more people that have a harder time breaking a friendship than breaking a romantic relationship they are in. Well, yeah, because platonic love is, is obviously going to be something that's a little more tolerant than I mean, I, relationship I've heard, love. I've heard so many people that they are far more likely to be like, yeah, I'm going to dump him than, oh, I'm going to leave this toxic friendship that is totally one-sided with this person that I've been friends with for the last five years. Wow. So um, I can totally understand that they're using love and acceptance and pulling these people in. Oh no. Yeah. The fact that they use that as a tool is, is definitely them. understandable, but I think it gets a little deeper than that. I think that, and you know, cause like I said, like, and like you said, um, love is fleeting. It changes. It's, it comes in different forms. Um, there are people like, uh, Jim Jones and, um, you know, other people who have, uh, led cults that use something even more, you know, substantial, your soul, your eternal soul, your entire being, your, you know, your family and, and, and burning in hell. And, you know, to tell someone, and this is something that actually hits home for me because it's a topic that I, that, that I find repulsive as it relates to most um, religious practices to tell someone under any circumstances that a God, your God, their God, any God, uh, is going to, you know, allow for them to be tortured for the rest of eternity or their soul to be tortured for the rest of eternity by not adhering or doing what says or following whatever word is the way you convey that message or you tell someone that this is how things are going to be, if that's what you believe, um, to use that as a, a hook to make someone do, to give you money, to follow you, to 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 adhere to you because you're the only person who can um, save them from this fate. The responsibility in doing something like that is, like, I mean, there's so many different people who do this on a a, a, a less hurtful scale, um, and I say that not lightly, but in contrast to mass suicide and um, uh, sexual abuse and criminal activity within some of these organizations, I'm saying it in a way where. To, to use this in any medium to say, hey, Jordan, you know, I know you care about your family. Uh, the only way that you'll ever be able to save them, you know, eternally is by doing what I tell you to do. And if you adhere to this, you know, then they'll be fine and you'll be fine. And you trusting in that and saying, OK, well, Ian, you know, said that if I, you know, do what he says, then, you know, my family will be OK and we'll live in paradise. 
But then, you know, to say, well, you know, Jordan, if you don't give me, you know, $200,000 a year, uh, then, you know, God's going to be really upset with you and your your whole family's going to burn. You know, it's it's like to, to put someone in that position where, well, like, who wouldn't give up $200,000 to save their family from eternally burning? Like, it's it's just such a sleazy, uh, well, underhanded, I, ugh, like, why do that I think to people? That, I think that also falls under that same category. Um, remember when we were talking about ghosts and all of that, and we basically were telling people they need to do their research. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, same basic concept. Um, I mean, I can, I can personally speak about, you know, Christianity because I grew up in the church, but, um, I mean, there's, it's impossible not to sin. And most people forget that. And just think about the sins that they don't like and they'll, they'll preach about them forgetting their own sins that they are committing every day. And they're telling these people, you know, Oh, gay marriage is a sin or getting divorced is a sin or, you know, this, that, and the other thing, but they're forgetting about the fact that, Oh, well, they're wearing gold jewelry and that's still a sin. So is eating beef and, and walking left-footed right. and, <laughs> and everything wearing. is a sin. Everything is wrong, you know, and... and mm. Right, they're picking, they're picking and choosing the sins that they don't like and forgetting all of the other ones that they exactly. are committing. Exactly, and that's, that's and, my point, is to do that to people tactilely, to make them follow or, 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 bankrupt, or, or bankroll you is just, it's beyond people wrong. just, people just... Take it for face value and follow along. That, that's but if definitely, you're sitting uh, down, and like if you're sitting said, down and these are doing your own research, then you're people... gonna, you know, see that person X that's preaching about this, that, and the other thing that they're not perfect and they don't know everything. And if what they're saying is true, they're burning in a hell too. That's, exactly. That's definitely exactly. a conversation I uh, I had with someone because <laughs> they were trying to do the whole gay rights argument with me and be like, oh, it's a sin. And I'm like, aren't you wearing a cotton t-shirt right now? Because in the Bible, it yeah. even said <laughs> that cotton is a sin. Aren't you wearing that a you are not ex Well, Shelby, exactly. in, defense of, in defense of the Old Testament, once you've worn a silk t-shirt, you just can't go back. It's, oh. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it is a sin. I have to agree with the Old Testament oh. on that one. I, I can't say anything. I'm wearing a cotton t-shirt right now. <laughs> I'm going to hell, guys. I'm sorry. And That's all right. We're I probably mean, going with you. <laughs> because I'm wearing a blend, so. <laughs> well, <Carpool>. um, <laughs> I kind of wanted to touch base on something um, or move along to the group that I did my research on and for different reasons. And um, I kind of wanted to do a notable mentions where we are going to talk about Scientology and we're actually going to talk about the Jehovah's Witnesses. Um, as an organization as mm. well, um, at some point, because I found out some very... They don't come to my house anymore. Oh, the, I, the, and I would hope not, um, given some <laughs> of the things that I've recently learned about. Apparently, them. they're actually my, calling people right now. Yeah, and um, some of my um, no, they, no, they, past experiences. They don't come to my house anymore because, um, well, you see, we had this large um, pit bull, which he was friendly as can be. He would never attack anybody, but he was big and very playful. And they pulled up into our driveway in their minivan 
and started to get out and walk across the yard, not knowing the dog was outside. And he tore across the yard after them because he wanted to play. And I have never seen two men run faster to hop into a minivan and drive off in my life. And they have never been back. See, they, they don't come that to my place either. Time. Well, no, I actually, I actually, I've learned some very other house on the street. No, I can imagine, but especially ours. after, after being, uh, <laughs> chased by a dog. But, um, I'm actually gonna, um, I'm gonna, I want to put, I want to save Scientology and the Jehovah's Witness for after I talk about, um, the Branch Davidians. And, um, the reason why I, I've been, this has been a group that I've always been very interested in for different reasons. And um, the main reason is because, um, you know, I did a lot of research into the group itself and into a lot of the things that were going on at Mount Carmel and um, the history of this uh, group beforehand and, um, you know, what actually happened in Waco, Texas. And they have been um, loosely, uh, referred to as a cult, but I believe that they are, um, they were just people. And, um, after the way that I've seen them depicted in the research that I've done, um, I wanted to bring this up because, um, there's a very fine line between people living their lives the way that they feel best to do so. Now I get the fact that there are lines that you're not supposed to cross and things you're not supposed to do, and you should be held accountable for those things. Um, 100%, I get that. And um, that's not so much the topic that I want to bring up because that's black and white and that's not something that can really be discussed and debated um, outside of a court of law because it's just the truth. Uh, how, how I live, how Shelby lives, how Jordan Chusa lives, um, those are things that are sacred to us and should be left sacred to us. But, you know, there are times where people take the ability to opinionate or or judge you know that platform or that perspective of life and then you know decide to do something and there has never been in my opinion you know outside of um ruby ridge and um waco and how close apart they were and um i want to focus on the authorities and the people who handled um these situations and you know went into deal with and obviously things have um, you know, maintained a still dangerous level as far as that part of its concerned policy, as far as how some of these things are um, dealt with. And I wanted to ask you guys, and I wanted to know how you, I, I'm sure you're both familiar loosely with um, what happened in Texas and um, the things that were surrounding these people. But how do you guys feel about generally how that was handled? And when I say generally how that was handled, I mean, you all saw every the world saw the footage uh, as far as the chaos and the shootout and all that stuff. Um, but learning things after the fact, how do you guys see uh, that situation as it was handled and the things surrounding it? Um, uh, we'll start with Shelby and then we'll go to uh, Jordan. Um, I mean that entire situation was just so messy. Um, because I mean I remember watching. A documentary about how everything went down you know how fucked up there's something really fucked up about that shelby hmm. that's such an accurate depiction of that situation and it sucks hmm. that that is an accurate depiction it was messy all the way around it was messy it, and, exactly like uh, it just kept going like 
pretty much someone shit on the top of a hill and it just kept rolling, rolling down. downhill. Yeah, oh my God. Yeah. Yes. That is, that is an accurate depiction, but go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh no, you're fine. But I mean, that's just how I can describe it. It just kept getting worse and worse. I don't think there would have been a positive outcome from that situation. Cause I mean, obviously these people were already psychologically a little, I don't want to say messed up in the head because I don't think that's brainwashed. The, brainwashed. That's definitely the right word. Because I mean, obviously were, they already were. were they, though? But, I uh, mean, that's they, my thing. Were they really brainwashed? Like they were. There were so, news crews that went in there and like videotapes. You'd be surprised how easy it is to brainwash somebody. It's true. Like uh, okay. I mean, they obviously were already starting to hoard weapons and stuff inside of there. So clearly they had to be paranoid about something. If, right. Yeah. I mean, if you're speaking to something that I mean, have you ever read the Bible? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the Bible makes yeah. you paranoid. I mean, it's, there are, I've, yeah, I've read passages in the Bible that who... have generally scared me. Like, okay. Um, but I mean, yeah, I also know people who read it, take it to the extreme. And exactly. yeah. I mean, not everybody does, but it's, it's somebody is speaking to that fear that somebody else has mm -hmm. and that's all it takes. Okay. I mean, and it was and kind, it's kind of, of scary in itself. <laughs> it was kind okay, of similar because so... I know the leader also thought he was a messiah. No, actually, actually, that's incorrect. Really? Um, yeah, he did not think he was a messiah. He, the name, or well, no, yes, he did think he was a messiah, but not in the sense of Traditional Jesus Christ. Sense. No, yes, he no. Did, he didn't think he was did Jesus he think Christ. He was like a he prophet. Yeah, no, he thought Jesus messiah, was like speaking through him. No, actually, messiah. The word messiah means um, for, translated from Hebrew, someone who opens your eyes to God. That's what the literal translation of the word as he used it from the Old Testament meant. Messiah just means someone who opens your eyes to God. So if uh, a friend of yours dies in a car crash and you know you end up praying for the first time and that leads you to the church, that friend of yours can be called in the Hebrew Testament, your Messiah. Mm -hmm. They are the person who brought you to God. That that's who uh, David Koresh uh, said he was, um, and this is based off of the survivor's testimony, not the uh, his teachings or any of his writings. These are the people who were there that lived through this and talked about, like, because there were there were people who left the compound before, um, during the ceasefire. Where a lot of the uh, older women and some of the people were allowed to leave, and um, they were immediately. Was, I think it was mainly like a. The women and children first. No, 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 then, no. The women and children stayed. It was just uh, like a few members that were old and um, had nothing. You know, they, they really weren't going to, they just didn't stay or they wanted to leave the chaos and, and they were allowed to leave. All the rest of the people that stayed wanted to. Mm -hmm. They were not I leaving. Thought, their I thought there was a bunch of them that wanted to leave and weren't allowed to leave also. No, they were, there's footage of them. They were immediately, well, they were left when, they, when the cops stopped shooting. When the ATFs and see that's the thing and hold on I want I want to I want to rhyme this a little bit because that was the the point to uh, what I had said earlier is the way that this was handled. Um, we don't really have any way of knowing who shot first, but the the fact that they were doing an ATF raid for alleged child sex abuse and or stockpile of weapons. Okay, I get it. The weapons is what brought the ATF. Why would you militarize 
a raid on a compound, even with them having stockpiled weapons. There's a sheriff's office that had regular contact with these people. There were, um, these, they were very plugged into their community. These, these weren't like outcasts that never went anywhere. This guy was in a, played music at the local bar and they knew the sheriff by a first name basis. Like they, the mailman was one of their, uh, <laughs> the literal mailman for that area was one of their, uh, parishioners. Well, I like, heard uh, weren't, like, one of these weren't like crazy people living like in shrouds and like they were just people. And I well, get but there were there were people live. who had gotten out beforehand that they that, that left on their own accord. Police yeah. and reporters and all all that. So yeah, because I was gonna say I know they said led the police to believe that they needed to have you know SWAT and backup and all of that. Yeah, Actually, I know that was one of the things I heard was uh, some of the people that had previously left went to the police and said that the that there was like child endangerment and like abuse and stuff going on. Okay. So I know on. that was gonna... one of the reasons. All right. See, now this is where I got to I got to be uh, Mulder on this one. You guys are Scully. I'm older. Um Okay, this is this is to my knowledge what happened as far as the Branch Davidians. These people were living on this compound, um, following whatever religious uh, practices they were following. Yes, one of those practices was that um, none of the men were allowed to have sex with any of their wives or any of the women there. That um, David Koresh uh, took on the burden of sex for the entire uh, male populace of that group. That none of them could have sex with their wives. Only he could and bear children because the children he was bearing uh, had something to do with uh, some biblical prophecy. And that was the discipline for this religious group or sect or whatever you want to call it or cult or whatever, however you wanted to define them. My point being is regardless to all of that and their, their, their teachings, their learnings, their whatever, there are groups of people who are harmlessly living the way, even if their ways of doing things, I purposely don't think that, um, confessing my sins to a human being will do anything in the favor of God. But the Catholics believe differently. That doesn't mean because they do that I should militarize a faction of the government and do a raid on the Vatican, period. Like, that, it's just, it, it, there's, a, there's a line and a way you handle these things that won't lead to, you know, this kind of carnage. Like, regardless to who shot first, you militarized a part of the government to do a raid on a place where you knew that there were uh, women and children and that in and of itself. Um, obviously there's something wrong with that tactic or something wrong with that way of approaching a situation so, um, such as that. And that's, I think kind of where I'm, I'm leaning towards is um, Shelby, how do you feel about, the way that they responded, the, the the ATF responded to what they were doing. Do you think that there was a, another way that they could have talked to these people or got in touch with these people or anything like that could have been different? Um, Honestly, I'm not quite sure if there would have been another way to do it because I know, because I mean, obviously there's just, that entire place was just filled with secrets exactly. pretty much. Because I mean, there's different stories saying that Obviously, some people that left had said some things. There also was a, uh, a story that apparently one of the mothers had called the police station saying that, that the founder was abusing her children. Right. And that because he said he was the only one that obviously could have right. sex with the wives and 
whatnot. Apparently, it it didn't. I think he started at like the age of like thirteen, is what I heard. So yeah, I guess uh, the, his old, the youngest of his wives, I believe, yeah, was uh, thirteen or fourteen. I can't remember. So, but it was. I mean, of... that's that's child endangerment, and I mean, some of these mothers obviously were not comfortable with it, but they didn't know how to leave or they didn't know what to do in that situation. To me, I feel like that's kind of needs extreme circumstances. Like, yes, obviously going in with a full fledged force of SWAT team, military personnel and stuff like that. I don't think any of that was necessary, but I mean, I understand why they took it to that extreme. Cause I mean, they obviously did have an obscene amount of weapons on the compound. So I know one of their fears was that it was going to be another Heaven's Gate situation. They were just going to kill all the members, men, women, children. They didn't care. So I know that was one of the big fears. And then obviously, because a lot of the people were so brainwashed and didn't want to leave, because I heard that the people that left in the beginning, he pretty much had said anyone that doesn't like isn't like a true believer isn't like wholeheartedly with me or behind me they can leave so i guess those were the people that had left they weren't full believers they didn't want to be there they didn't want to be a part of that and then i know the big thing that the military side was having a hard time with was there was still women and children in there they were trying to get at least the children out, and obviously he was not wanting to let the children leave because then, obviously, he thought they were going to come in. Well, there, like, like I said, there's been a lot of different, and I've I've done some very thorough investigation on the, that particular portion of this is how this situation was handled, and I have to tell you, it was it, it gets deep. Um, some of the tactics that were used, some of the things that were done. Uh, the way um, there was a man from inside the compound, literally on the phone with the sheriff's department, trying to get a hold of the ATF to to ask them to stop shooting because there was women and children in, the, in inside the compound, and the ATF purposely didn't bring any wave radio wave I mean um telephone communication with them, and this is a time you know what was this 1993. Something like that. Um, yeah. So, 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 uh, telephone communication, cellular was, uh, you know, a budding industry. There were not a lot of cell phones around. Um, the the news guy who was initially on the scene actually had one and was the one who called the sheriff initially when, um, you know, someone asked him. Someone from the Branch Davidians actually, um, he called. He said he asked if he could call the police, and they did. They called the police, and they were on the phone with the sheriffs. And then subsequently, the ATF was um, outgunned initially when they uh, made the first attempt for the raid, and they called the sheriff's department to tell them to bring back up, and had the news guy who who was there initially call them on his cell phone, and the sheriff was the one who told the news guy to tell the ATF to stop shooting that there was women and children. That first ceasefire was because the sheriff of that area told the ATF to stop shooting. And um, the shooting stopped miraculously. And then over days, days and days of them gassing these people and using different tactics, a fucking tank, oh, excuse me. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I, had to, I had to drop the F-bomb there, but a fucking tank. And a, I mean, even if, okay, after the first initial shootout, you decide 
okay, this is a dangerous situation and these people are obviously going to shoot at us and we're going to be shooting at them. So let's just drive a tank and pour tear gas. Like, I, I just... I, See, I that, that type of stuff I think is unnecessary. I mean, I understand, obviously, them wanting to come, obviously, with weapons and stuff since the compound had weapons. Right. But tear gas, tanks, stuff like that, that's a bit extreme. And you know for a fact that there's women and children on it. This isn't a... A question, you know, you know exactly. that there are women and children on the inside of this building, and obviously the the two month old babies and the three year olds are not shooting AK forty sevens at you. So that has to give you, I you think, know, as the person in power, it has to give you a kind of like, okay, wait a minute, where do we where do we stop and they begin now? At I this mean, point? and the thing they need to think I mean, about is like we have military personnel that specialize. Getting in this in, kind of thing. Exactly. Thank you. Thank specialize you. You at have getting people into that places can, that You have are, people that can tactically get into this place. Mm -hmm. And if they, need, if they needed to kill one guy or three people or whatever, they, you have people that are trained to do this. Basically, what you did was give a bunch of people, you know, that were undertrained and not ready to do this. And this is the ATF. This is for something like drug raids. This, these people are used to... This was not a drug compound. This wasn't like a, a, a the cartel. These were... They're used to everybody being the bad guy. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And that was not what and was not, going on And here. not a bunch of victims. And I feel like a, I feel like a lot or, of people... You know, a couple of bad guys. Right. I mean, and I just I feel like a lot of people like that, don't see that side of it. Yeah. That I mean, was, you also have to think the people on the compound, they aren't trained to shoot weapons. They are not tactically or military trained. Thank you. No, they, there are some. No, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm I, I think there were, were a few, but I mean, obviously. Yeah, because there were, there was actually two police officers or retired police officers. Um, all kinds of people lived on this compound. It wasn't just, I mean, and that the, was my point is they weren't just like yes. all crazy, you know. But I mean, the majority of the people are just regular people. They exactly. probably had never even shot weapons. Shot a gun. Exactly. And that's another so, thing. I mean, like, they easily could have been apprehended by military yeah, or, personnel. Or there could have been some other tactic. I agree. I have to agree with that. I'm going to kind of play devil's advocate here a little bit, but not really. I mean, I don't, I don't think they should have just, you know, opened fire right off the bat or anything like that by any means whatsoever. But I do think that these people did need, um, as far as the law enforcement, did need to prepare themselves for whatever could possibly happen. And so I do understand, you know, them having all of this, you know, the body armor and, and the tanks and all of that, just in case. I'm not saying they should have used any of this stuff right, right. off the bat. No, no, it, no, it makes sense to, to bring anything, you know, you need to. Emergencies do way, come but to, but to, <laughs> yeah, to I mean, drive a tank into a house w with women yeah. and children, I'm sorry. I can't, I do not see the tactical advantage there. I don't understand. Because, I mean, it's not like, because, I mean, obviously I'm sure they didn't know if these people had explosives and they stuff stopped like shooting. that. Exactly. They stopped it, shooting. Exactly. That and is I'm the like, main thing. They stopped shooting right then and there. There should have been no more gunfire, period. None. No tanks, no gunfire, no nothing. There should have, everything should have just stopped on a dime as soon as they realized that these people stopped shooting. Because that means that, obviously, there's a chance to do something different than what just happened. Mm -hmm. And I just don't understand yeah. how that was missed in translation. It's just, it's very important. And that just, it, it just turned into a big clusterfuck. A, a disaster. And yeah, a disaster where a lot of people died. But, um, yeah. okay, I, I, I promised you guys 
<laughs> Shelby, I promised you guys that uh, Jordan, we were gonna do Scientology, Scientology, and I wanted to go over. <laughs> no, we're we're gonna get into them. We are definitely gonna get into them. But before we do, I wanted to kind of um, touch on something, and I have to uh, also uh, say that I, I've had some personal experiences, not only with um, this religious organization, but um, done a little bit of research on them in the last, uh, I would say, year off and on just because of the allegations, the Jehovah's Witness and um, their organization in general. Um, what do you guys know and or think about what you do know about this organization as far as them being a religious group? And we've been talking about cults and uh, factions of, of, of extreme belief. How do you guys perceive them in general? I mean, obviously we all know the knocking on the door and coming by and the pamphlets and the, you know, how they do you know no christmas no birthdays all that all that great stuff but i'm talking about like the the founding of this organization and some of the things that have come to light about it what do you guys think um let's start with uh, uh oh go ahead jordan i think it's kind of like any other religion where you have some people who are good examples of it and others who are not okay um i mean you're going to have in most in most groups of people in general, not just religion, but you're going to have those people who, you know, go to extremes and do awful things. But you're also going to have who are decent individuals. And unfortunately, as a society, we are more likely to look at the negative things that people bring to light than we ever are to look at those nicer, quieter things. Um, I mean, working in retail, we heard all the time for okay. every one positive comment you're going to receive from a customer, there are going to be 10 more negative ones. And it's the same thing with, with this. Okay. All right. Well, um, Shelby, what do you think? Or, or what do you know about them? Um, so the most I know about them is obviously, like, I had went to school with, like, um, I think there was, like, one Jehovah Witness that I went to school with, and every time we had, like, Christmas parties or anything like that, his parents told the school that he had to sit in the hallway. He was not allowed to participate, which definitely was, like, weird, because, I mean, I was in elementary school at the time, and it was just so sad to see this kid sitting out there while everyone else is having a fun time. And I mean, that, that was kind of sad for me. And I know, I mean, obviously now we're adults and I know he has now left the religion. I just think it's weird for, because I mean, obviously adults can make their own decisions about what they believe and what they want to practice. But I, I'm not really all about families pushing religion onto their children. I think that is a choice that their children can make as they get older because I mean for me for example I grew up in a Baptist church it was something I just thought I was supposed to do and believe in but then obviously I got older developed my own opinions and my own beliefs so I mean I I don't know I think it's a okay. very odd religion because I know it's similar to like how like any store works like they have a certain quota they exactly. believe they they need to have a certain number of people that they convert in order to go to heaven and i think that's a very odd thing 
I, I, I didn't think that there should be, I'm trying to think, it's almost like Girl Scout cookies. You need to, like, sell as many Girl Scout cookies to get a prize. Right. And I just think that's an odd thing to have for a religion. Because, I mean, I'm all about people being religious and believing what they want to believe. But I think telling people they have to do something in order to go to heaven, I, I just think that's very bizarre. Okay, well, here's, here's – here's, okay, and I'm going to give you my spin on this and what I've uh... – the information I've come across and um, it's in some of my personal experience uh, with this group as well. Um, all right, let's start with um, some of the things I've uncovered. Um, the Jehovah's Witnesses, uh, you know, has been founded since like the 1800s. Um, it's been a established uh, religion in America. It has over eight, I think uh, 10, eight to 10 million members uh, just in the United States. Um, it's a huge organization and it has um, ridiculous funding behind it. And they're powered by uh, the watchtower and a couple of other things um, that, you know, publications that they sell and um, different people who are members. Um, the, the ranks of, of some of the people who um, were involved with this organization uh, stretched from, you know, uh, people that, you know, walk up and knock on your door to Michael Jackson. Let's, let's, let's get, let's get um, the, the scope of this, uh, organization and you know and and realize how big this is um michael jackson was a member i believe that uh prince was a member um you know people that we know and love um, honestly were uh members of this organization and that's not the problem with me religion is religion is religion i am not here to bash anybody's belief or what someone believes will give them salvation or um eternal joy and happiness um i am simply focusing on the extreme or using that to hurt people. And I believe that that is what this organization has done and in many different occasions. Um, the main one is the way that they treat their parishioners. And Shelby, you touched on this, and Jordan, I think you kind of touched on this uh, slightly, um, that, uh, that uh, most of their uh, uh, parishioners and followers are taught to believe that the world is bad. The world is ruled by Satan. It is not... Um, there's no good in it. There's nothing good in this world that we live in. Nothing. Shelby, you're not good. Jordan, you're not good. Our, our families aren't good. Our, you know, the animals we love, the, the things, our singing, but our art. What none if of my that dogs is good. are good boys? No, it's let, not. It doesn't let, matter. Let me just say, anybody it's, that says that a dog is a bad person or bad being, I'm, no, there's I'm, nothing. I'm discounting them right no, now. No, 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 no. <laughs> you guys are missing me. There is nothing good in this world. Everything in this world is ruled by Satan. This is their belief. False. Everything. Dogs are not. There is only there's only three hundred thousand people out of the I don't know eight billion that are on Earth that are gonna go to heaven. Only eight, like only three hundred thousand of the eight billion people on Earth, are, and they're all Jehovah's Witnesses. None of nobody else, nobody else is going to heaven. Just the Jehovah's Witnesses, and only three hundred thousand of them are going. And um, everything in the world is bad. This is what they teach, loosely. Now, obviously, I'm not a Jehovah's Witness preacher, but this is a, a loose translation of what I have learned personally. This is how they look at it. Nothing is good in the world. Everything is bad. Only 300,000 people are going to heaven, and they're all Jehovah's Witnesses. We have absolutely no hope. Now, the world will be made over, and you will come back, and um, you know, you'll be resurrected, and you'll live on earth and be able to play with animals like you know, tigers and 
it, this wonderland that comes after you know the rapture. And, but and, but if the they're not Jehovah's Witnesses, then aren't they evil too? How are how are they going to play with it, the tithes? It doesn't matter. No, 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 no. Yeah, even the people in their congregation, they're all evil except for the three hundred thousand people that are essentially going to heaven. Only those three hundred three hundred thousand people are going to heaven. Everyone else will die and then be resurrected at some point and get to live on Earth for forever. That is that is that is their that is their that is their reward for being. My there. thing is like, how do so they why know do I want to join that, they... that? And that was my first question. Was like, if how I'm, do you? If I'm that not was, gonna and that, be that was my real ever, first question. Exactly. Why that do I want to be like, part of that? That's also, how I thought. Also, how, do, how do they? How do they know they already haven't already received the three hundred thousand people? What people, if they all? Exactly. What if they've already reached their quota and now their they're quota, doing exactly. all this for nothing? <laughs> and like, and oh, Shelby, sorry, Shelby, we think way too much alike. <laughs> we, we've reached our max capacity here in heaven. No more, you are not no allowed to come in. No one else is coming. No, but here's my thing. Here's my thing. Um, that's just one faction of it. It's wrong to, to, to make people feel alienated that way. Only 300,000 of us are good enough to be with God. The rest of you just will die and be resurrected. That, that, that's unfair. Um, secondly is the way that they treat people who decide they want to leave the religion. Um, let's say, uh, Shelby, you and I are brother and sister. Um, and I decide that I want to become a Muslim and I want to go be a Muslim or I want to go be a Christian, a different Christian, a Baptist Christian and go believe with them and worship with them. Do you know that as a member of the Jehovah's Witnesses Foundation or organization, you're not allowed to speak or to even acknowledge me in public? Like if you see me in a grocery store outside of the church, outside of the congregation, you are not allowed to engage with me or talk to me in any way because I'm excommunicated from the faith. It, it's crazy because it's like that with a lot of religions, like the Amish community, for example. I exactly. Grew up, I grew up in a town where there is a lot of Amish people, and that is something very real. Uh, one of my good friends that I met was Amish growing up, and then obviously once they hit 18, I think it's called like, uh, I can't remember. They have a year to go yeah. out into the yeah, and go explore yeah, they the have world. a year to decide, and they ended and make up a decision. Mm -hmm, they ended up leaving the faith, and after they left, they are they have not seen their parents, their siblings, no one. Oh no no no! This is different because they can see you. They can be in the same restaurant, sitting next to the same table as you, and are and are not allowed mm -hmm. to even look at you. Like oh yeah, this, and well, and there but, are families that are adhering to this, and mm -hmm. it well, breaks the, my heart to think that religion isn't quite so. Um, it's it's not quite so boxed in as the Amish community. The Amish community, they pretty much yeah, they keep to themselves their yeah. own right. community, and which makes sense. And how they so, do things should be you know left up to them if that's how. But this is different. Like this is you're telling you know people you can't interact with their family or the people they love. And if they do, they'll go to hell. Like that's just wrong. Um, the third thing that I wanted to bring up, and this is probably the most surprising and um, easily the most uh, horrible of, of the things that I've learned about this organization. Over 1,000 of the um, eight to 10 million members in America, 1,000 of them have come forward. And this is only the ones that are, documented in a court of law and known about 1,000 of the members 
of this organization from the years of 1960, whatever, 50, whatever, to recent as a couple of years ago, um, have reported child molestation and child abuse um, sexually within this organization. And obviously, this happens everywhere all over the world, unfortunately. But it's different when these cases are decided that, um, you know, we're not going to blame these people for once being child molesters. Um, the Jehovah's Witnesses has a prison ministry. And, um, you know, one of the people doing the expose on them um, did, a, did a ratio of how many of their parishioners in prisons were ex-child molesters. And, and it was astounding that 80% of the, the, the people who study with Jehovah's Witnesses in prison were either some type of sexual predator and or child molester. And I couldn't figure out why, like, what, what, what was the appeal to, you know, between molestation and Jehovah? I could not understand that bridge. And so um, I did some research, and going back to the founding members, um, it was written in their, the way that they interpret the Bible that no sin is unforgivable, and that if a man or a woman molests a child, that if they, you know, admit their sins and ask for repentance, that they are forgiven and then are no longer to be labeled a molester. This is the doctrine of the Jehovah's Witness. This is something that they believe in, that you can't, like, if I molest a child and then I'm, I'm found guilty for it, go to jail, come out of prison and decide I want to be a Jehovah's Witness, and then I say, I'm sorry, um, God forgive me, I am no longer a molester. That is how they look at it, period. doesn't matter what the courts say. doesn't matter what the community says. If you admit that you're not and then you, and then boom, you're just, you're cleared of, ever doing anything wrong and then you're allowed to be there have been ranking members ministers deacons of uh, i'm talking like hierarchy some of the inner circle some of these three hundred thousand people that are going to heaven a good majority of them are child molesters and this is something that has gone far back in this in this um organization and has been covered up up until the last 10 15 20 years where people have been coming forward and really bringing this to the forefront. And it's like, because of the money and the influence that this organization has and a lot like what was going on with the Catholic church, not too far back where a lot of people were coming forward and that there was a lot of claims about, um, um, you know, uh, sexual abuse against children and um, especially boys. Um, it was crazy that it just like, kind of like, Oh, well, they, what they did was in the flesh of man. And then, they're forgiven under the eyes of God so we can. So speaking of a cult perspective, I have to say that this is kind of like the, the things that we just talked about, just the alienating you from your family, um, treating you like an outcast if you go against anything that they say, um, you know, illicit or criminal sexual activity going on within the ranks um, being covered up or allowed to, to happen un under some circumstance or at least being allowed to not go unchecked. Um, these are all things that are happening in this organization. There's 8 million members in the United States. 8 million. How many of them? How many understand that this is the practice and, like, how is this okay? How are we allowing for this to, to happen as a society? Like, oh, well, you know, it's, what, freedom of religion, freedom of practice? What do you guys think? Um, I don't think enough people know about it. Exactly. Is part of the problem. 
And why? I mean, you know, because they keep to themselves, just like no, no. I mean, I mean no. I mean, like, um, like, why don't they know giving these documented cases? Uh, is it because people just aren't looking, or is it because, like, do you think that the money and influence behind this organization has something to do with that as well? Both. Um, okay. I mean, it's kind of like we've heard how many cases in the Catholic Church of uh, higher ups. Uh, basically molesting boys and mm-hmm. it just gets swept under the rug. Right. Like it didn't happen. It, it, yes. And people and who, people who do believe in, in Catholicism, they're like, well, those are some bad apples, but in the bunch, right? Like how I, do you, yeah, I don't, yeah, that, that, uh, the, and, 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 you know, the saying goes one bad apple can't spoil the bunch, but that is false. <laughs> That's bullshit. Yeah, like it's it's. Listen, this is we're talking about like a third of the bag. Bag is bad. Like <laughs> we need to think about getting some new apples here, people. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> I feel like we need to to go into a different you know kind of view on this. Um, Shelby, what do you think? I mean, I definitely agree with you guys. I think that money obviously is a huge part in it, and I definitely think a lot of religions i think they all share their secrets Mm. i definitely Mm. think accurate everyone like they always have their secrets and i think the reason that they sweep these things under the rug is because obviously they don't want their religion or whatever to be tied with these accusations or no no see and that's where i call bullshit not against you shelby but against Mm. that way of looking at it because the truth of the matter is this is big business Let's not let's not also, you know, stray away from that point of view. A lot of these cults, uh, Yahweh Ben Yahweh, um, Jim Jones, uh, you know, the, the, the Jehovah's Witnesses. Uh, these are organizations that bring in hundreds mm-hmm. of millions, if not billions of dollars. Like we're not talking about like your mom and pop uh, CVS chain like these people. Oh, yeah. I mean, you have to think, though, that if these like jehovah witnesses for example if it started coming out that a lot of their members were pedophiles or molesters and stuff i'm sure that money would start to dwindle they wouldn't get as many oh no they already have it oh they already have it no these people Mm -hmm. are shelby the the amount of money that these that this organization has and just like um jim jones as well and just like uh yahweh ben yahweh um these these men are holding on to hundreds of millions of dollars. Like they, the money, they already have the money. Like this, the money's already there. Like there's no, they can't go bankrupt. They cannot go broke. It's impossible. Like there's no way they, they settled lawsuits for some of these, um, alleged cases of, uh, child molestation and, um, child endangerment and, um, and all these different things. They settled some of these cases out of, out of court for, millions of dollars and like and i'm not talking about you're talking listen i'm i said a thousand of these members have been documented in in court this is not like just speculation someone saying that this happened this has been documented or settled some in some way in and out of court Mm -hmm. a thousand people and if you're paying let's say half of them 500 people a million dollars that's 500 million dollars that you were able to just you know throw away at this problem that you're having to keep it quiet yeah and Think about the magnitude of that, the ability to be able to do something like that. Like, mm-hmm. 
it it and 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 uh, Jordan, I know this is something that you've heard uh, throughout your religious upbringing. Shelby, something you've heard throughout your religious upbringing. Um, power corrupts, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Um, the oh, root of sure. the, the root of money and what it's able to do, and and how it can be used to fund and create and set evil in motion. It, it's it's staggering to think that. And and the worst part is, I've actually been inside of a kingdom hall. I went to a Jehovah's Witness because. Um, um, you know, the, the love of my life at the time. Um, she and I were, you know, exploring a way to try to, you know, bring spirituality into our lives. And, and this was the medium that, you know, was being used at the time. And it didn't, I didn't see any of this. I didn't see any of this on the surface. I didn't, I was there inside one of these places and I didn't see this. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it bothered me that it was so you know, hard to detect, like, these were normal people, and, you know, for the most part, but what lie underneath, you know what I mean, what, what is allowed to be practiced, and, and I'm saying that to say that you have to be intelligent when you're choosing who you follow and why. You have to do your research, go into who it is that you're choosing to be around, because it gets deep. This world is not an easy place to navigate. Um, and I think this kind of brings it home to what we've been discussing as far as cults in general and, um, you know, extreme religion. You have to start to ask questions and you have to ask yourself what becomes more important. You know, your, what you know and believe in your moral values versus what everyone else is telling you you should do. Because those lines can become intersected and crossed in a way where you don't even realize who it is you're aligning yourself with. Like, you just don't know. And um, I think back to Jim Jones and um, uh, Yahweh Ben Yahweh and a couple of these other more influenced people that have done this, who have said, hey, look, come join us. You'll get salvation plus, you know, you know, we'll do all these wonderful things for you. And then they're protecting this seedy underbelly of, like, corruption and evil that they, oh, they knew the whole time was going to be a part of this, um, this, this situation. And it's just, it's scary to think that there are women and children and families and good people, good people who just want to live a life of eternal bliss and, and be safe. Like that's their crime. That's their biggest crime is they just want to be safe and they need someone to lead them to that. And people are taking advantage of that to the degree where, you know, come follow us into this thing and we'll make sure that you live forever. However, here's a bunch of, you know, corrupt evil shit that's going on over here. Just ignore that and, you know, do the other thing. And, it just goes to the mentality of these these poor people who are just sucked into this, and I, you know, I hope that there's you know that this you know communication, this podcast, and others like it, and all the other research and exposés that have been done. Shout out to People Magazine and all the other people and organizations that have shed some light on some of these things. Um, I just hope that that spreads, and I hope that the awareness spreads because it's dangerous to just follow into something and or be a part of something into you know, excommunicate yourself from the human race without doing proper research and, you know, do, going with people that you trust and just be careful and be mindful. And like the lady said, you know, uh, both of the ladies, Jordan and um, Shelby, put yourself first. I know God is supposed to be first and religion. And, and that's true in the spiritual sense. And that should be balanced with yourself. But at the same time, you've got to take care of yourself because without you, there is no vessel, you know, to be obedient to God. You know, if you throw your life in the hands of, of Jim Jones, everything. yeah, you know, if you throw your life and your spirituality into the hands of, of Jordan Lynn Epperson, then that means that 
you know, God is no longer first anymore. Jordan is, you know, and, and that changes your whole, that changes the whole way it's supposed to work anyway. So just be careful and be mindful. And, you know, I hope that you guys find something. Now, ladies, <laughs> the moment we have all been waiting for, Scientology. We got to talk about it. Uh, Jordan, you and I like to get into some of the more ridiculous things that we come across um, when we're doing research on some of these uh, <laughs> on some of these topics. And all right, so L. Ron Hubbard, uh, accomplished author, um, actor, star, um, media personality, wrote some books, uh, and I guess. Uh, added some science fiction uh, to this, to these books that he wrote. And, um, you know, something along the lines that there was this evil warlord alien that came to Earth and um, killed a bunch of his other aliens, and then their souls were the only thing left, and then those souls inhabited uh, the Neanderthals and early man, and when man evolutionized into the human beings of today, those alien souls are still corrupting us and inside of us. And the only way of salvation is to do Dianetics, a book that L. Ron Hubbard himself wrote um, that somehow cleanses you of these alien souls. Um, I'm hearing myself... <laughs> I'm hearing myself give the definition... You know, you know, stop laughing, guys. This is hard well, enough you for know, me, okay? Can you we, know, can we just... the, uh, the Heaven's Gate people and the Nexium people both had uh, people that they claimed were corrupting the, the group, religion, okay. whatever you would like to refer to it as. And both of them actually referred to them as the Luciferians. And these are obviously people who follow Lucifer? Uh, uh, no, not necessarily. Um, are they aliens I mean, as well? I mean, yeah, well, according to Heaven's Gate, yes. See, they were bad and, aliens. Okay, and, and Jordan, you and I, we, have we actually explored life on other planets, seriously, in depth. And we're actually doing a part two to that, um, that cast uh, coming up soon in, in the next few months, so uh, stay tuned for that as well. But uh, we're not of the opinion that we're alone in the universe. We just don't believe how vast the universe is, that that's a possibility because we've already kind of closed that out, that there's absolutely no way in a universe this vast that we are the only beings that have ever been crafted or created. It's just impossible. So with that being said, we are not going outside of the possibility that there is life elsewhere in the universe. What we're saying is, you know, the, the evil warlord Xenom coming to Earth and how do you even know this? How do you even know this happened? Okay, this is a, a literal work of science fiction that a guy, it's science fiction. He it's, wrote this. It's essentially us taking the Star Wars novels and preaching it and as preaching a religion. And preaching it as a real, yes, that is exactly, <laughs> like the force is real, that if you're either on the dark side or the light side, we're going to give you laser swords. Yes, the whole bit. You're absolutely well, right. I and mean, I'm like, there, there are tons of people that have like, like schizophrenia, for example. Uh-uh, uh-uh, no. That they can believe things that aren't necessarily uh -uh. reality. John so, Travolta, Tom Cruise. These are some of the members of this, of this well, religion. Those, those, those kind of things, I don't, um, I don't know why they choose to believe it. Um, like but what I'm, I'm the, talking about cult-wise. That you know no, the, the people but who Scientology, are these are like. Hmm. No, that's my point. Is that Scientology is well? No, they're technically not a cult. I'm doing my air quotes again for all those who can't see me. 
They're, um, they are a religion. Which they the are a religion. They are a the actual religion. The only difference between a religion and a cult, because I exactly. looked it up, because I was like, what exactly is a cult? The only but, difference between a cult and an actual organized religion but are, Jordan. are generations of established acceptance. Okay. All right. Hold on, but Jordan, I got to ask, right? So we're sitting in the rec room of the Scientology church, right? We're, me and you, we're sitting there. We're about to go in to do our service. And I say, so uh, you're not one of those alien, you know, evil alien spirits inside of the people, are you? Yes, I'm an alien spy. Like, what do you, how do you, how do you <laughs> begin that conversation? Like, hey, are you here because of the, alien, the evil alien spirits inside of you? Like, how do you, where do you? Like, I, I, I get like, okay, I'm feeling a little down. There's a couple of scriptures that a, a friend might read you in a, in a time where you're, you know, worried or scared for, you know, comfort. But like, how do you begin the conversation with, I, I can do, well, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Okay, let's let that in. Our Father who art in heaven. All right, I'll even have some of that too. Give me a Hail Mary or two. But, well, I can, I can tell you that when I was in high school, in our history class, one of the history classes, we were required to learn about a few different religions. And I can tell you that even though I had grown up in the Christian church and knew the deal with Christianity, reading it on paper, I sat there and I was like, this sounds like... Sounds crazy. Yeah. This sounds ridiculous. This yeah. sounds like fan, a work of fantasy. Yeah. But, yeah. But I, as far as I'm concerned, that is not the case. But... I mean, perhaps it's the same thing for this, where yeah. we're sitting here and we're reading about it on we're reading, paper, yeah, and, and we're going it from a different this perspective. Sounds ridiculous. True. Okay, but that's these very. People are going to meetings or meeting other people who do believe it, and it it sounds totally plausible to them. All right, okay, that's very Dana Scully of you. I like how you backslid that in there. Good work, Jordan. Okay, I see. I see you. That's very Dana Scully of you. No, but, and I get it. No, I get what you're saying. Like perspective is, is very important here and you cannot, and we can't, we like, this is the amalgophiles. Nothing is taboo until it is, which it never is. So, um, yeah, we haven't come across taboo yet. No, we just don't, we, yeah, we don't do that here. So I get it, you know, and we have to allow for that. Like maybe their, their perspective is perspective, but it's just the far fetchedness of it. Like, and that, that, you know, that this came from a body of fictional, um, you know, work. Like this is, yeah, like the but man I mean, if admits you talk to, that. If you talk to people, they, I mean, somebody could claim that the Bible is a work of fiction. No, no, no. It'd be different if Jesus said, hey, look, the Bible is fake. Then you'd have to ask yourself some questions. But the guy who founded this religion, L. Ron Hubbard, wrote this fictional book and then said that his religion was based off of it. Like this isn't like something where, it's hearsay. Like the guy who founded it said this, like, okay, this is, this book of fiction is going to be the rock on which you build this church. And people that they have like something like uh, 43 million members across the world. And yeah, but most people don't do research anyway. So right. they're just, they're just listening to the top layer of the statement and, and accepting it as it. true. Yeah. Okay. So right. the thing that blows my mind about Scientology is so I pretty much did not know really anything about it until I watched the South Park episode about it. And the crazy thing about it is obviously you know South Park gets super crazy and obviously over-exaggerates things. Even in the episode, they said they took 
factual stuff from the actual book. Like, they weren't making this shit up, and they even said, like, we wish we were making this up, but this is true. And, because to me, I was like, oh, no, there's no way this is what they actually believe. Right. And then, obviously, doing oh, research, I'm like, way. oh, they oh, actually believe this. Oh, no, there is a way. Let's well, not, and then you have members of the religion who are who are leaving, like, um, uh, what is her name? Leah, Leah Ramini, I think is what it is. Uh, she was the wife in uh, King of Queens. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, she okay. used to be part of the Scientology religion, and she basically left, and I don't re- remember her reasoning for it, but basically she, she herself was like, I mean, it's not what it looks like. Well, I mean, it, like, it just, Tom it, Cruise presented. is one of, like, the really big members of Scientology. Yeah. Well, she like, was, too, for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. And she left and because there was some issue that she left. And basically, she was like, I mean, it's, it's basically a cult. It's a cult mm-hmm. is what it is. Oh, no, it definitely and, is a cult. There's no question like, about and that. It is, it is not what it appears. They yeah, come no, across as, you know, everything's all puppies and rainbows. But when you're in it, it's actually really dark and yeah i'm i'm definitely not putting my air quotes up it is it is a cult yeah it is it is a cult like the way that they the whole c organization and like it's it's weird it's the whole the, thing i'm sorry the crazy thing is all respect due to all the religions out there this one is just off the richter scale weird like it's beyond like okay a guy gets nailed to a cross and then raises three days later you know that actually to me even if I had absolutely no there's background in religion, to it. there's there's it's, something it's at with least real people. Yes, there's at least something familiar that I can say. There's okay, a human there's being. There's something you can grab onto. Yeah, and with, with it. this, it's like what? it's so far fetched. Just like, just what like, are we I doing? mean, and just I like love in John, uh, Hinduism, wait a minute, hold on. disclaimer: was a real person. Disclaimer: Tommy Cruise. Johnny Travolta, I love both we, of you we, guys. We love you guys. <laughs> I love you so much. And it, and as actors and as people, you guys are awesome. So this is not directed or meant to go. But how do you, like, such well-rounded, successful people that you, like we just said, we love these people. And, like, these are people who believe this, who are going to join the leader Xenom after they're excommunicated out of their bad alien DNA and dynamics. Honestly, I think I, it's one of those things because, I, I mean, I've always heard that Scientology is pretty much the rich people's religion. I definitely think it's one of those things where money plays a big thing into it. I can't Obviously, believe I'm about to say this. I don't ever want to be rich. It, exactly. I'm like, <laughs> it's always like big well, celebrity I mean, names that you hear are a part of it. I can't, I can't well, do it. And that was... That- Museum too was uh, just to take their their course because it's like a hundred thousand dollars seminar course. It was like seventy five thousand or seventy five hundred dollars yeah. just to take a sixteen day twelve hour a course. And that's not even putting you in the like religion. Modules, that's like, like getting um, you like into just right. being able that's to get just joined, like right? that's their business seminar. And it was things like they were teaching people how to find out what benefits you would receive if your partner died. And I'm and like, then you mm, have that to, wait sounds a, a little sketchy. Wait a minute. I didn't get to the... No, 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 Jordan. Wait till you hear the contract you have to sign. You have to sign a contract well, it was, for, it was for one of those 8 things billion where I was years. reading that and I was sitting here like, 
I feel like you're trying to persuade me to murder my spouse. No, Jordan, you have to sign the contract for 8 billion years. <laughs> oh, God. The contract, yes, so, the contract so, is for... So, we're talking like 12 lifetimes from now, I'm still... No, in no, no, it's a little more than 12. 8 cold? billion years. This is like the world beginning and catching up to where it is now, like twice. This is, <laughs> this is cra it's craziness. That's a, that's a long time to commit. It's a something. very long time to be committed so to something. And the fact I, that anyone would ask you, Shelby, if I was like, listen, I need the wait, next to 8 be, billion to be years of your time. committed to something based on fiction. I'm, like, I'm just saying, I can't even stand, like, because, I mean, you have to think, like, I've been in a relationship for, like, a year, maybe two years, and after that, I'm like, I can't stand you. Nah, baby. We're <laughs> to, in for this for the be next like 8 billion, billion years. years. Nah, baby. No. Me and you for 8 billion years. We are doing Hell it. Hell no. We have to die 8 billion times and then still be together. Nope. Nope. Well, I mean, it worked. It worked for Carter Hall and Shara. Yeah, but Hawk that's Hawkman and Hawk Girl. That's, I mean, that's acceptable. That's the only time that, that that arrangement is acceptable because they're eternal, they're immortals, they both got wings, cool maces. Like you gotta you gotta let them have that. But like if Tom Cruise walks up to you and like, yo, I need you to sign this eight billion year contract. Like what the? Like, I, just, listen, I don't know. May, may, maybe like, for okay. Tommy. Maybe oh wow. For, maybe for the cruise. <laughs> I mean, I know that's right. I know that's right. <laughs> Oh wow. I mean, yeah. eight billion years. I feel like I need to take that to my lawyer and as soon as my lawyer looks at that, they're gonna be like Really? No, and they're gonna be really? like nah son. Nah son. No. We're not signing this. No. Not signing. Do not sign this. <laughs> no, but um again and I'm gonna actually flip this back over and go into perspective because with all due respect to everyone's religious belief, people who are crazy, the people who are not, the people who are perceived to be, the people who think they aren't, everyone, to everyone who has a belief, your belief is yours, and I believe that as the person that I am and how happy I am in my own spirit and who I am, I believe that if it harms none, do as you will. You know, um, As long as your thing doesn't hurt anyone else, and I mean in any way, of course, in the laws of man and in the laws of God. Well, and yourself. And yourself, of course. Um, then live and let live. But at the same time, anytime you cross those lines, I, I, have, I, I personally can't be involved. Um, I'll accept uh, the Jews, the, the Muslims, the Hebrews, the Christians, the Catholics, the Scientologists. I'll, I, listen, if you believe that the alien xenom is the only way to salvation, okay. Fine. Then, okay. That's fine. Then you wait for the spaceship. I'm going to just make some coffee. We're going to be here for a minute. But that, I, I, I'm fine with it. The thing is, you know, when you start to hurt people or to you know, make people, you know, make a person clean out a trash can with a toothbrush or... And this is some of the. Wait, you mean uh, you don't do that on a daily basis? No, I don't, and and I have I have <laughs> thought about it. <laughs> I have thought I can get I get the reasoning wanting to, but that's again you're wanting to hurt this person. You're wanting to you're maliciously making them clean a disgusting trash can with a toothbrush, and uh, I'm talking about like a dumpster, not like a rubber main in your house. This is like a dumpster they made this girl clean out with a toothbrush. A roll off bin. For not, yeah, for not doing what she was supposed to in Scientology. Like, this is the task she was given. And then that's after, you know, the straw that she decided she wanted to leave, which, you know, smart for her. But there are also other subtle ways where if you hurt someone or you make someone feel inferior to you, even if you're building their character, 
it's there, there's a fine line where that that needs to be examined. You know, you can't just say, oh, well, OK, you know, I, I'm doing this because of the love of my uh, belief and the fact that we're all going to be communed with our Lord and, and, and God at some point. I'm sorry, that's just not going to fly. And to use it as an excuse is criminal, is beyond evil and criminal. So I just got to say that there is a perspective gap there and you got to accept everyone's um, perspective. But at the same time, you do not have to, kind of like Jordan said earlier, you don't have to you know, put yourself last. You can look at yourself first and say, where do I fit in this? And, and why is this so important to me? And what can I do differently or, or, or better than, or I don't know, alongside of to you know, try to better myself and the people I love and the things around me. And it's like, if you're not going to do these things and if you're not going to focus or concentrate on these things, then I get the fact that it's going to be hard for you to do so. But, you know, you got to, you got to at some point do, do some kind of contrast or convectual thinking. So, you know, just, I, I just wanted to keep that in mind. Um, the poll, I, before we go or before we uh, move on to ending our show, I wanted to kind of really, uh, read some of the, um, you know, for our viewers and the people in our group, I wanted to read some of the responses we got for, um, yes, I understand why people join cults, and no, I don't understand why people join cults. Um, I'm going to start, um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm actually reading I don't like how you're already laughing yeah. before no, because, you're reading it. No, because we... And it wasn't even just like a, like a small laugh, it was like almost monotonous. Michael yeah, because it's, no, I, hold on, let me explain. Um, our amalgamaniacs, and I have to say this, all you card-carrying amalgamaniacs out there, I love all of you people so much. I really do. I mean, we have such a great group of people. But um, Kenya Davis says, if you're a member of this group, you should definitely understand why people join cults. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh, is that what God. we are now? We have become a cult no, ourselves. It's just, yes. No, because and, and I'm glad that that was the first thing that I saw when I um, <laughs> when I opened this up, because it's it, we were just talking about perspective, and uh, we were just talking about how at some point, you know, what may not be the branch Davidians for you might be the branch Davidians for me, um, kind of thinking, and yeah, like we're just people doing our thing and having our own little commune here and if you look at it from that perspective it's it's reflective of the facts like yeah if you're in this group you could possibly understand why somebody would join a cult so um send me seventy five thousand dollars so i can teach you how to not be (laughs) so send me seventy five thousand dollars so i can get you into heaven with the alien xenom and yeah you think that'll work, guys? Is that enough? Should and, I and sell I'm, you sell you into to sexual slavery? And, hey, 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 wait, wait, I wait! wait. That's the, don't read the fine print. Don't read the fine print. This is just. I this. mean, if Tommy, <laughs> if, if Tom Cruise himself is coming up to me with that sheet of paper, I might just sign it. See, that's terrible. See, this I'm is just... why. This is why Kenya said this. This is why Kenya Davis said this. Because um, yeah, no, he's right. I'm persuaded you know, too easily. <laughs> no, but um, I'm gonna read some more. We got um. I'll start here at the top. Uh, okay. Uh, Randy Lee Ruger says, politics and social media today are a great example of how a simple-minded person might go along with insane ideas just to belong to something. Mm, that kind of sounds a really like good our, one. That, that kind of sounds mm, like our group, that's too. Fair. I'm that's actually, fair. I that's actually feel a little true. attacked. No, wait Did a minute. I actually feel a little attacked. I think that that sounds like our group, too. <gasps> well, media. I mean... 
to, to kind of play off of what... <laughs> no, of to, course, I'm joking. I'm jesting. Um, Randy I mean, Ruger. I'm, I'm to kind of play off of what he had said, I think it's crazy, because, I mean, if you think about, like, a lot of these influencers and stuff on, like, YouTube and stuff like that, as soon as, like, they say something or do something bad, like, just all of a sudden, just the media swarms and, like, just all this hate is brought towards them, right. even if, like, the allegations like aren't even true if one person says it's true then just an entire swarm of people are like oh it has to be true it has to be true okay well and the opposite's true also Mm. i mean you have these influencers and they tell you that oh hey i like this product and all of a sudden it's the gospel that's the best thing that this is the only way to salvation right now exactly um justin cooper had an interesting answer and their only real claim to fame is is Instagram or Facebook or whatever. Facebook, so right, why are exactly. they an authority? Um, Justin Cooper uh, writes, um, people join the join cults for the freedom to not make their own choices. <laughs> mm, that's fair also. That's, that's very fair. <laughs> that's actually very, I, I like mean, that. There, there are so many people who, I mean, I personally sometimes have a hard time making decisions, especially if it affects other people. And so sometimes it's easier for me to just, you know, leave it to Spencer to make the decision for us. Um, actually, that's 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 a very interesting um, way of looking at it. And as a matter of fact, that bleeds into our very next uh, comment from Honey K. Brown. Um, I like her name. Yeah. No, she has a beautiful name. Um, <laughs> as a dom... My devotees follow strict protocol. Consent boundaries and trust are established per individual. They follow my guidance in exchange to be whatever and whoever they want to be without judgment. See, See I, I brought that, up doms and submissive. Exactly. Earlier. I think that With definitely plays into what we were talking about earlier. Because, I mean, it's an entire, like, culture in itself. Right. Yeah. And, I mean, there are some who even even if it's not you know harming anybody well um and um the well yeah and that and that's what some of the reflection was on that comment some people were kind of like oh i had to reread this because i didn't understand what you were saying Uh, and then it went to um she said no definitely not a cult but i've been told it's pretty damn close minus the manipulation um, I mean, I, de- I definitely wouldn't consider it a I cult, mean, but I, I could see consider it a cult. I, but I could see do. why some people were like, like some people that don't understand the BDSM community. I definitely could right. see I why think they're they like, would look at well, that. And there's so many people. But no, it's that's actually there's like so we kind of talked about. There's so many people who try and go into that environment and they don't understand the rules of it. Also, yeah, and right. they- It's another one of those things. Do your research first. <laughs> yes, look into what it is that you're dealing with. Um, Anthony Ribis, I'm, I hope I'm saying that right. Ribis, Ribis, Anthony Ribis or Anthony Ribis says, um, people want to be loved and accepted. That's why they join, which of course we covered some of that. And that makes mm-hmm. complete and perfect mm-hmm. sense. Right. Um, April Violet Jasso, one of our, um, prestigious members, longtime members of the group says, there's a lot of people that feel empty inside. And instead of filling those dark corners with truth and exposing themselves to the real relationship that 
might make them vulnerable and risking failure. They instead take the easy out and let lies and manipulation fill those voids until they lose themselves in codependency. Just my thoughts. Well, damn. That's a deep comment. Well, okay, April, See, since you want to do it like that. She, she had some stuff to right. say. Right, she, so. she, like, she shorted. <laughs> she was like She shorted. No, April's always, no, nah, April's always awesome. She always, I, I miss her. I, I don't so, know, I know she's, um with all this COVID stuff, I know it's probably hard to keep communication, but April's always got something. I mean, I definitely think what she said plays into the toxic relationships again. I mean, oh, definitely absolutely. people say once you are in a toxic relationship, even if you get out of it, you always kind of see yourself falling back into that same trend because you're so comfortable being in that toxicity. It's so hard to be yeah, in a healthy relationship. Super vigilant. Exactly. Oh, wow. Okay, so this is not just – she's not just like – say I didn't read the rest of this comment. Hold on, let me finish. Um, I had an aunt that joined a cult following a divorce. My uncle was cold and mentally unstable, and I think she joined the cult for those reasons. It's automatic family, like gangs. He ended up losing um, his shit and shot her and then himself. Horrible stuff. Um, made my cousins orphans. Oh, so, that's a hideous. So yeah, story. she. So yeah, that's coming. No, but yeah, that's. I guess her. That's why her. Um, her uh, answer was so in depth and so mm-hmm. uh, thought out because this is obviously something she's had some personal experience with. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, that's, Louis that's, Rodriguez that, Jr. That's some pretty deep, deep stuff to get into. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, well, we we've been, like I said, we've kind of been all over the place with this one, so that's uh, mm. pretty much along the lines of what we've been um, dealing as far as cults and how they, you know, manipulate you and make you, you know, or influence you to do things. Um, they uh, this is Louis Rodriguez Jr. writes. They feel alone, and cults make them feel like they have family, um, people who care when they, you know, felt otherwise. So that makes sense. Um, and then we already read Kenya Davis. <laughs> um, Jason Orton says, or Jason Orton writes, um, shout out to Jason Orton, my, my brother from another. Um, some people are looking for a connection, family especially, people who have had trauma in their childhood or have no family, some reason, some join, um, some join gangs. Um, it's to feel like you're a part of a collective and have people in your corner or, or on your team. And that, and again, we've, I think we've kind of been over that several times in general. Um, you know, just that community and family is, is definitely a way to get anyone to want to be a part of something. Um, Greg Cicerone, um, boss rush mode says, uh, of course I understand why I would join one. Have you tasted the Kool-Aid? It's delicious. Oh, Lord. <laughs> okay. Okay. You expect, well. you expect, no, you expect that from Boss Rushmore. That's about, that's about <laughs> yeah, right. No, that's have, about, uh, yeah, that's, that's about that's right. That's definitely I, a Boss Rush mode response. <laughs> yes, that's definitely. Um, Devin um, Bison or Bison, I'm, I'm not sure how to say your name, honey. Sorry, I uh, messed this up if I did. Um, some people feel lost and alone and become sucked into the idea of a big family life decide they will do anything to keep that family happy. Understood. Mm-hmm. Um, Cliff Butler writes, it is easy for a weak-minded individual to get roped into promises of another, uh, uh, promises of another through brainwashing. Um, Kurt, Kurt, Kurt Gable says, damn, just look around. Um, buy, Ian some, buy Ian some robes and let's start the cult of Amalgamania. <laughs> <laughs> 
we you have know, already uh, begun. We're, 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 uh, Kurt, we're Kurt and Kenya teaming up on this one. You, I don't, you know what? It's the two of them. I'm not sure if they, you know, if I find out these guys got their own private islands in the churches of Amalgamania, I'm going to be a little pissed because I wasn't cut into the, the pie. I know. <laughs> I want to be a part of the cult. <laughs> hey. No, but um, it's, it's again, it's very funny that they reflect on it that way because, yeah, if I mean, think about it. If we had our own little compound and the ATF decided to roll up because of our gun collection. I mean, Jordan, I know you have our small arsenal. Mm. I know I do. Yeah. Um, I'm just saying, you know? they'd roll up to the compound and all we would have is, like, action figures and comics. We'd be like, we don't have any guns. Well, not yeah, exactly. I mean, that would be the crux <laughs> I, I of have, our... I have no idea where you heard we had guns or knives or any other weaponry. Exactly. They come in right, and they like, just see, like, <laughs> comics, and they're like, please uh, don't, please don't I think we have the wrong place. metal detector <laughs> to the backyard. <laughs> yeah, like, the, stay, away from, stay away from Shed C. <laughs> um, Brian Hunt writes, um, look at an addict. A lot of times they get clean by turning, re- turning to religion. They need something controlling their life for them, some people are just like that. I've read studies that suggest there's something genetic that makes people um, like that, which is why it's easy for them and difficult for others. And I think I kind of alluded to that earlier. There are just some people who need to be led, people that need to uh, be subservient to other people. That's so, I mean, something to, that is. To kind of touch on that is I know I'm definitely kind of one of those people, which I, I'm not going to like get too much into it, but I've heard people say the military is a cult because oh, almost I've, definitely. I've heard that also. And almost I mean, definitely. It's obviously, a definition. Mm-hmm, Cause I mean, obviously me being a veteran myself, we pretty much are trained to think a certain way and act now, a certain way. Now here's the difference. Here's the difference with the military. It's for a united Re, you know, front. They're doing this for a reason to protect people that can't protect themselves the way that yeah. they can. So that's different. And well, the people are signing theory. up knowing that this is a cult. Like, you're, you're not joining the United States military. You're joining the Marines. You're not yeah. joining the United States military. You're joining the Navy. And even in the mm-hmm. military, those are, those are cults in their own. Like, the Marines are a cult. Mm-hmm. The Navy is a cult. The Air Force is a cult. Like, these are all different it's but true. you know like, that going in. Yeah, but you be, know that going in. Being a in. part of each branch, obviously, we're all very protective of our own, and we kind of exactly. give, sh- give well, shit to the other branches. Exactly. It's, it's kind so, of our thing. Even, I mean, that even starts early for people who aren't even actually in the military yet. Like, I mean, my high school had the JROTC pro- program. And oh, yeah. I and then there are families who indoctrinate and, this into their family life as well. Like your dad was a soldier, I mean, his dad was a soldier, his dad's dad was a soldier kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, you hear kids in school arguing over which branch of the military is best. And yeah. like, exactly. how do you even know? You're not even actually in it. So but you I mean, don't even know what they're, what they're selling you at that point. But, I mean, definitely there are people, like, I know I was one of those people, like, I just very easily am able to do what I am told. And that's how you're able to thrive in the military, is if you're able to keep your mouth shut and just do what you're told. And then, obviously, there are those bad apples that can't do that, and they end up getting kicked out and stuff just because they're not able to pretty much mold themselves into what the military needs them to be. Fair enough. Yeah, my my father in law tried that, and he uh he couldn't he couldn't cut it. 
because he couldn't deal with them telling him what to do all the time. So he didn't even make it out of boot camp, and he was like, see ya. Yeah, no, I could relate. Um, Paul F. Sweat writes, usually it's low self-esteem mixed with the desire to be part of something more. And again, that kind of echoes some of the other um, comments, and um, thank you for sharing, Paul. Um, Jesse Hill writes, same reason they join gangs. They prey on the weak, offer them friendship, family, food, a roof over their head. Um, the lift go- Love, the list goes on. Um, you find what they need, offer and show it to them. They believe it and make it good enough so that they realize they need it and can't go without it. They fall right into the trap. Um, Aaron, What he just said could very well be describing, I mean, any number of things. Drugs, oh, yeah. alcohol. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, he, anything yeah, the, you can, anything that could be brainwashed or addicted, that's, that's yeah, what you can. It's interchangeable, very interchangeable, and which I'm finding with a lot of the answers here, which I get now why we had such a high percentage of people who understand. Um, Aaron, Aaron Bazeli, Bazale, I don't know how to say this. I'm sorry I'm butchering your name, Aaron. Aaron Bazeli. It satisfies a very um, simple human need. It's easy to understand from an anthropological uh, anthropological 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 thank you anthropological (laughs) yeah that one got me um anthropological (laughs) um and then william thomas boyle says writes um i would highly recommend you watch joe rogan interview interviewing leah ramini um, she goes into her Scientology. That's, I was talking about with yeah, the Scientology. that's what you were talking about earlier. Yep. Um, about her Scientology upbringing and eventual getting completely away from it. Um, yeah, I want to. I want to. Yeah, I want to. I think I'm gonna. Um, thanks for that, William Thomas Boyles. I think I'm gonna dive into that and see what that's about. Um, sounds interesting. Um, and that is it for our comments from the groups. I want to say um, thanks for everyone who took the time out to um, to drop a little something something. And um, in the post section of the uh, um, Amalgamania group, you guys are awesome. Such great responses. Um, I love it when you guys come together. There's always um, some wonderful, interesting things going on um, because you people are awesome. Um, And with that being said, we are going to get into finishing up our episode. Um, Ladies, any closing remarks or thoughts on our topic tonight? Mostly, I think it's just reiterating, do your research before you buy into something. Not everything everybody's going to tell you is 100% what's up. Um, Sometimes people are going to hide the nitty gritty things to to pull you in. Or holistically lie to you up front just to get you to do what they want you to do. Right, exactly. So do your research before you join anything or buy into anything and or go to mexico to get castrated I mean, nope <laughs> yeah please don't please don't do that anybody um <laughs> i mean they're they're if if you choose to get castrated that's that's your deal i more power to you yeah, but please you don't know. go to some sketchy place in mexico to get it done yeah have, <laughs> you know have it done right or so that you don't some random die. nurse do it in a in a random room um, it could end badly that way. And I mean, and if you do end up in some kind of situation like that, you need to remember 
the number one priority. And I mean, think about yourself and potentially your children if you have small children first. But I mean, if your best friend is in it, then you're going to have to get yourself out first to help them. Yeah, before you help them. Agreed. Um, and on that note, we are going to close this episode of Amount of Files. Um, our next show, we are going to be doing Secret Societies. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward <laughs> to this one. Them. Yeah, there's a lot. There's lots and lots of stuff to uncover from this one. Um, actually, this is one of the reasons why this uh, podcast started was because we were uh, – researching uh, William Cooper's book, and um, he talked a lot about the Illuminati and other things, and uh, that was supposed to have been the target, um, was William Cooper and um, uh, the uh, Behold the Pale Horse. Um, we're actually going to bring up some excerpts And then it was that. too big. Yeah, it was, it was just, he covered everything. Yeah, William Cooper covered everything. It was too everything. much. Yeah, he covered everything. But we are going to read some excerpts, or I'm going to read some excerpts from his um what he knows about the Illuminati. And we're going to talk about some other ones, Skull and Bones and uh, the Rothschilds, the Illuminatis, uh, the uh, Rockefellers. We're going to go into a lot of different secret societies that are out there and um, uncover some And if some we disappear, you know who did it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if this never airs, you know why. Um, <laughs> good, 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 good catch, Jordan. Um, so that'll be our next show uh, Secret Society so please tune back in um, and we are going to be so glad to ha have you guys back um, thank you for joining this episode of the Amalgam Files we'll see you on the next show bye